0: (laughs) What did I say? On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are inching our way towards episode 100. This is episode 82, Big Ugly. Uh, Still doing it while we're quarantined. So six feet away. Um, I actually just got my hair cut for the first time. Yeah, man, I was yesterday. noticing that, yeah. You feeling that? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm liking it, the little fade there. Uh, little yeah, fade, yeah. I like yep. it. That's what they called it. Uh, you know, fresh to death, yeah. that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, kind of Jersey style-ish for a Jersey store, uh, Shore style-ish. But yeah, I had all this hair growing out for the big theater part, and hopefully yeah. the theater thing will happen in the future. But I was like... I don't want to get rid of all of it. I mean, yeah. what can we do with this? Yeah. And they said, fade so it. fade it out, yeah. So, I'm actually thinking
1: about getting mine cut soon. So probably like in the fall, I think. Because
0: you be, got the... Uh, it'll be the end of my locks. You got the locks yeah. going. What about locks of love? Can you donate it? Or is it long enough? Maybe uh, maybe... I don't know. You, I never thought about you it. it. You might check that out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Because yeah. if you can donate, uh, that's a good thing. Because lots of charities getting donations these yeah. days. Uh, lots of people need help. So anything you can yeah. do. So grow it out. Say the fall? Maybe, 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 yeah, so we'll see, we'll see if I come to it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, well that's cool man, uh, you know, and and during this time on a Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, we've been talking to a lot of people, about a lot of people, uh, we're going to talk wrestling of course, because that's what we do, and we got a couple topics today, uh, but in the in the mansion, six feet away, uh, is just me and you today, Big Ugly. Hey um, man, old school. Old school, this is how that's we like, start. We're going to talk about some old school stuff, so we it's perfect. We are, yeah. that's right, and you even got notes. First I mean, time ever. Good luck. Trust me, they're not detailed. <laughs> <laughs> all you need is bullet points, because that's what I would do. Because we got the dirty, ugly wrestling podcast, like uh, stationery, still going here. You know, shout out to Kristen for that, and uh, we still had um, some flyers. We got the mugs. We got the uh, what do you call it? The plate. Uh, uh, coasters. Coasters, coasters, right? And stickers and all this kind of stuff and we're still on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You Google us. We're in 10 other places. We got people listening from all over the world, including Japan. We want to thank you specifically yeah. <laughs> uh and so spread the word. Listener, yeah. Right. Spread the word in the land of the rising sun. Um, so uh, yeah, this this has been a weird time in our life. Uh, you know, right now we where we are here in uh, beautiful Baltimore, Maryland. I didn't get a cheap pop for that one, but that's all right. Um, so we're inching towards phase one. Like, Maryland as a whole has lifted the stay-at-home order. Now it's a safer-at-home order. But each individual county is kind of doing their thing. Big Ugly, I wanted to get your take on this. You and I are both uh, hailing from beautiful Baltimore County, as it were. Yeah! Uh, and <laughs> there's a cheap pop. I tried it again. Um, but I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, it's been two months since the initial shutdown because of this thing uh hospitalizations are going down icu's going down you know you have a very close family member who's right in the middle all this so mm. i mean what is your take on this what's going on
1: yeah i mean i think that um are you asking me as far as like, do i think that we need to be opening back up or?
0: sure so let's talk about that but do you think we're ready i mean or do you think yeah. we've prepared enough i mean social distancing masks is it enough what do you think i don't i don't think we're prepared enough i I don't have enough
1: faith in Americans as a nation to be responsible. This is not a dig on our listeners. Yeah. This is
0: just dirty and ugly. Yeah. This is what we are.
1: Like, I, feel like, I, like, I feel like when we open, it's like opening the floodgates, and people are just going to be like, it's just life back to normal. Like when I, think, I don't know if we've internalized mm-hmm. as a community and as a culture mm-hmm. that our lives as we know it needs to change sure. because- just because, just because a governor decides that oh we're in phase three and you can open up, that didn't mean that COVID is gone. If you see right. what I'm saying, that just means that they're recognizing okay, eventually we got to open this thing up or the the country's just gonna fall right. Right. So. But that still means that as a person, like you, still have to be responsible. You still need to wear a mask. You should still think about wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. You need to distance yourself from from people. Right. And, and if I, you're sick, <clears throat> don't come out. Like if you are sick at right. all, don't come don't out. come out. Right. <clears throat> and so it's like I'm not sure that as a culture we've truly internalized this yet, and that we've, sh- and I don't, I'm not sure that we've shown that we're ready to handle. It. I mean, when I think about it, they shown in places like Florida where. You know, the the stay-at-home order was lifted and, like, the beaches were open. And then you just see big clusters of people right all together. Right, they're not No distance between them. Thinking no about masks. what happened in the last two months. Right, they're, they're not thinking about it. Yeah. And that just goes to show you that, like, we are not, as a society, we are not really ready to handle it. But you look over in China or in Japan okay. or these Asian countries, and guess what? They're out with masks. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're out with masks. They're, they're doing what they need to do. It's like they're already... Their minds
0: are already prepared to deal with this thing and to be responsible, but I don't think we are there. I feel you. Uh, I, I see it from that side. I see it as, you know, and, and we were just talking about this offline before we started, you know, Ocean City, Maryland, opened up their beaches and their boardwalk last week from when you're listening to this, and then on uh, the Thursday, May 14th or whatever it is, they lifted the hotel ban. So, all the, you, you can now get a hotel room, you can now do short-term leases, and within hours of that announcement, everything got booked up. So what did everybody do? Everybody rushed down to the Ocean City into Maryland. Now I haven't seen, I've heard it was very busy. I haven't seen pictures yet, but I can guarantee you that people are not walking six feet away on the boardwalk or sitting six feet away on the beach. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that all those people are not wearing masks Mm -hmm. and think about where all those people are coming from. So they're coming from not only Maryland, but they're coming from the DMV area. They're also coming up from the north, Jersey, uh, Mm. New York, because all those beaches and everything are still shut down for right now. So are they bringing in and not being socially conscious when they're out doing what they're doing? Like, are we gonna see an influx in hospitalizations and ICU, and if we do, do we go back down? Does phase one say, you know what? We're not in phase one, two, or three. This is why we're doing it gradually. Do we back off? See, I think that what's gonna happen is when you
1: start getting into the phases, This is why I think that the states have to play very smart with the faces because once you let people back out, it's going to be hard to get them back in. Right. You see what I'm saying? I feel you. You're going to have a very hard time getting that compliance once more. When it was fresh and it was new, everybody was compliant because they're just like, oh, shoot. Right. In the middle of March, it was like a ghost town. Right. Correct. Which which was good. Right. But now everybody has this desire to get back out. Like, everybody's tired. You know, we're tired of being in quarantine. And it's understandable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot. But it's like, so it's like once we let them go, you know, it's like they're going to be gone.
0: So the states do need to play it very smart with... Does, does oh. the timing come into play? Like, right, right now we're approaching Memorial Day, which is legitimately the beginning of the summer. Yeah. Um, are, are we approaching – now a lot of people's summers are different because schools got shut down a couple months ago. Uh, you know, schools, colleges, a lot of people's workspaces, all that kind of stuff. So does that come into it? Like, is, is it now a monetary factor? Is it now – Focusing more on replenishing the economy, especially since it's summertime. Um, And people, and since it is summertime anyway, and that's when the economy sort of flourishes in some places, now everybody's gonna be, like you said, kind of. Itching to get out. So are they all gonna flush to these places? Like, I mean, is it more of an economic thing? Is that the standpoint that they're thinking of politically right yeah, now? Absolutely. And I mean it started from the
1: top, right? Like yeah. the president, you know, this is like the president's day it started from the top, you yeah. know. If you look back in the end of March or April, you know, you see President Trump being very complicit with doctor, you know, the what's his name, Doctor Fauci or whatever. Yep. You know, kinda like side by side on like, hey, stay at home, this isn't safe. But then it's like when the economy started being impacted more, he's like, hey, no, we're good to go, you know, and it's just coming down, you know, it's trickling down to the governors, and every, everybody's feeling it, and it is becoming about money, essentially.
0: Yeah, um, I understand that part of it, too, being in, yeah. that, and you, you've you been in that, you know, world for a long time, too, um, so we understand that side of it, but I don't think there's a right or a wrong way that this is going to be happening, I think it's just, how many people are coordinating on this and where the majority lies like this is is this what we going to try right um you know so anyway i know we've been all thinking about this and talking about this for months now so we don't want to you know give you this whole podcast of us kind of waxing intellectual about this but you know this is kind of where we stand you know just with two regular people just hanging out um and socially distancing only two people in, in a safe space so i mean you know be just be smart about it be yeah. safe about it and like i said you know and I, what i'm saying yeah
1: and like i said and just remember that this is a part of life now right i think that's important for us to get through our brain covid is not, COVID's not going anywhere correct right. exactly covid is not going anywhere we're going to get let out the house covid is still out there right you still need to wear your mask you still need to wear gloves you still need to wash your hands like don't just go
0: crazy right. because you have freedom like be safe and distance yourself you know right. d- these exactly. are not you know, this isn't taken away from our freedoms as individuals <laughs> freedoms as americans right. freedoms as yeah. you know people in this homeless world it's not what it's doing it's right. trying to protect us so we can protect those freedoms yeah. and keep living as much of the life as we can right it's going to change it's it, going to change yeah. yeah And that's why i mean look you know i was mentioning some of the asian
1: countries earlier it's like you yeah. know if you look back at like you know a year or two ago and you If you look back, you'll see like different people over in like China or Japan and they're wearing masks. Like, and there's no pandemic going on. Like, they're just wearing masks out. And it's because they've already experienced disease and and epidemics coming through their countries and they're still trying to be responsible to make sure that they're not exposed to it because they recognize that they're in crowded places. You you see what I'm saying? I feel you. And so, what I'm saying is that that's going to be us now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if
0: you really want to be safe and not, you know, expose yourself exactly i hear that i feel you um so yeah be safe about it be smart about it distance yourself whenever possible stay you know away from somebody else and and god's sakes if you're not feeling well for whatever reason just don't come out you know do the self-quarantine for 14 days do whatever you got to do because it's going to be better than you being sick in a hospital for a month and a half or two or dead so don't do it just be careful um anyway As we talked about at the top of our Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, we got stuff to talk about today, other than COVID-19. We're going to talk about... Basically, you know, the history of professional wrestling, WWE, archives, whatever we can do. Big Ugly, you've been uh, watching some stuff while you've been quarantined. You got back into the network. We don't want to tell you how much it costs, but it's a big investment. um, And you've been, we're going to talk. We we got a lot of stuff to talk about. You've been back in Raw, SmackDown, uh, Attitude Era, Beyond. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Hall of Fame discussion, the best of who never made it. You know, we we kind of come up with these topics and we just shoot each other text messages yeah. and it's like, you know what, there's a big list of people that haven't made it into the Hall of Fame that should or maybe they shouldn't for some reason yeah. uh, and we've had a couple discussions. Yeah, here, we we talked there. about
1: it a little bit on the last podcast, but what I did, I made a bigger list a Bigger. that list. I wanted to ask you. I'm
0: getting uh, Dirty Mike's thoughts. Are they in or are they out? Okay, <laughs> we'll get there. And, and I appreciate it. And we want your thoughts, too. You know, we still got the Facebook page, Dirty yep. Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We still got the Twitter account, at DUW Wrestling. We got the Instagram, um, D at DUW Podcast. You know, check it out. And uh, also, D- DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com is still there. I actually checked it this yep. week. It's still there. We, people don't use it too much, but it's still there. And um, by the way, we and I, I'm sorry it took so long to messages. In the middle of our podcast today, we have a special guest joining us once again. Um, He is uh, one of my favorite people in the world. He is just down to earth. He's a family man. He's a great friend. He's got a hard work ethic, and we've talked to him several times. And uh, he is in the middle of this whole independent professional wrestling thing while the quarantine and the COVID-19 is going on. So he gives us his take on what's going on. And I love saying his name, and I can say it for as long as I can hold the note, Jesse O'Ryan. And it's a nice interview there, and you'll you'll enjoy that. So during our second segment of this podcast, listen to Jesse O'Ryan, and we're going to tag Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. Uh, He's been the EWA Heavyweight Champion. He's been all over EWA Pro Wrestling, the face of the company for several years now. Um and you know he tells it like it is like what he's doing and when his downtime is he training what's he doing and, and you know we talk about the bump card you know how your body gets calloused to all these bumps and everything you like the first bump question yeah. big ugly but what happens when you can't take any like ring rust exactly right he's gonna talk about that like what what is the plans to get back in there and I go a little bit dirty and ugly I do mention something that I kind of wish. I could edit out of the interview, but I'm not going to because it's dirty and ugly and this is the podcast. I went a little too far on my armchair booking, thinking about how people are going to use the COVID-19 situation as they come back because people are... It's going to happen. It's going to come up. Because wrestling is a mirror of whatever life is happening out there. I mean, there's a lot of creative characters, but it's a lot of what's going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I had an interesting idea. I hope nobody ever does it because it's probably a little bit too crass. But you know what? It, it probably will happen in one way or another. But anyway, Jesse O'Rion, listen to that. So, you, Big Ugly, me and you are going to talk. And then we're going to have Jesse on for a little bit. And then uh, you and I are going to wrap this up in segment three, the take-home segment. Um, so, let's shout out to the people who uh, we wanted to join us but couldn't for some certain reasons. I'll start with uh, Jim and Jason. Um Jam and Jason is feeling a lot better. He was having some medical issues earlier in the year. Uh, so he's doing well, which is great, especially with everything going on. Family's doing well. And now his uh, company with Diamond Distribution, Diamond, um, they're actually starting to ship out to comic book stores and novelty stores. So, uh, you know, if you out there and you need something shipped, you know, go to Diamond Distribution, Diamond Comics, and any of the places that support them. Get your comic books, get your toys, get your paraphernalia. It's about the time to do it, so Jim and Jason, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for everything you've done for the podcast and everything that... uh Everything that you've contributed. So, uh, and you talked to uh, Matt Temby. Yeah, T E M B Y. Yeah, man, Matt Matt Temby out in Ohio.
1: You guys know him. He's been on here quite a few times uh, talking about personal fitness. But Matt is doing big things, you know. So he's quite busy right now. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to to join us. But you know, he did say that hopefully later on this year, you know, he'll be able to link up with us and he probably get us on the right track <laughs> as uh, we come out of quarantine and uh, yeah. hit, hit them holidays. You know, hopefully we'll
0: be able to have him on. So it's interesting enough. Um, we wanted to ask him, like, what, what do we do now down in quarantine because, you know, it's, it can't go to the gym. You know, uh, it's harder to go to the grocery store and get whatever you need to do organically. You know, shout out to Miss Brooks as well. You know, she, she helped us with the plant-based lifestyle. Um, so did he say anything? You know, obviously, he's busier than he has been in a long, long time. But his, his life has got to be changing, Right. I mean, from what from what he was saying, and, and as busy as he sounds,
1: it sounds like things are changing, but for the, for the better, you know. Good. Um, yeah, and I think they're opening up uh, another gym where he's doing some stuff uh, in, in like a different city than he's in along with his city. So it sounds like, you know, life is busy, but in a very good way.
0: Very good, very good, and uh, let's shout out to CM Funk, the king of non-social media, or the king of social distancing, as it were. Um, hashtag no hashtag. Um, with going back into phase one, you know, things with a lot of different things are happening. Churches are allowing certain things, maybe outdoor services, you know, 50% capacity. Um, and uh, he's, uh, you know, getting back in something with going on with his church. So got a got a shout out to that man. And he's been watching wrestling. We've been texting. Uh, we've been talking about. Uh, the life of professional wrestling and things that have been going on. Which uh, actually, we we came at you what three, four weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, and a lot has happened in that period of time. You're not lying. Uh, yeah. A yeah. lot has happened. So shout out to CM Funk, um, and uh, also got a shout out to Michael Spedden as well. You know, we had him on uh, for a couple minutes last week, and uh, he I, he wasn't able to tell us specifically, but on Netflix uh, just opened up the uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the World. Uh. It, and he's in there and that's great it's, it's trending on Netflix right now um, so nice. that, that's fantastic he's in that and um, he's still out there you know keeping the arts alive so thank you to that um, Michael Spedden so Broadway shut down everything's kind of shut down through they gave up the summer already a lot of things um, but they're having a NASCAR sporting event so that's one individual in a car driving yeah. around a track, so that's pretty distant. Baltimore lost Ripley's, believe it or not. Right, I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Damn! Yeah. That, and I don't know if that had anything to do specifically with COVID. Yeah, they didn't necessarily say in the article that I read, but it's like, I can only imagine it didn't help. It couldn't help. Uh, right. I mean, this yeah. is a place where you're walking through and you're close to all these things and all these people. But, right. I mean, that's fun. I actually got a chance to go through there, downtown Baltimore, the Ripleys. And uh, it was one of the things that was even open in that pavilion because a lot of things getting to makeover, over, whatever the case may be. Yeah. That's a fun place, man. A lot of cool stuff in there. So... Um, hopefully there's still Ripley's. I mean, there's one in Atlantic City, I believe. Um there's, there's one almost in every state, you know what I'm saying? So check it out if you can. Ripley's believe it or not. That's crazy. Um and a lot of these other smaller businesses, you know, that are that are shutting down, things like that. But a lot of things did open as of 5 p.m. last night in the counties like Cecil and Harvard and all that stuff. So go check them out. Um let's see. Uh we gave shout-outs to a lot of people, uh, and that's cool. Uh, let's let's jump in here. Uh, the one of the most recent things that happened in the world of professional wrestling is Money in the Bank. The most unique Money in the Bank ever. Did you get a chance to see it on the network? Yes, you did. Okay, so start from the backwards. Um, what do you think? How many stars out of five do you give it? Um, I give it a solid. Three out of five? Okay. And the reason I
1: give it that is because I think I only enjoy the Money in the Bank matches. Okay. I didn't really care about any of the other matches.
0: It's hard to build when, when you have no town to build to, no no crowd to build to. Yeah. It all be, kind of runs together. Um, the stuff in the Performance Center, right. anyway. Um, so when they have these creative things, uh, and you know, with the uh, Firefly Funhouse match, with the uh, Boneyard match, with the Money in the Bank that's the stuff I look forward to the most because it's the most different. Right. Um, and it, it's the most intriguing. And And I'll jump over, and we'll go back to Money in the Bank in a minute, but if, if you watch AEW at all, and for the folks that are watching AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights on TNT, um, they are taking the people that are on their staff and the, the people that are in their locker room, and they're spreading them out in the audience of wherever they're going. And you're usually o- using using like an outdoor open-air arena um, in like sort of a, uh, I don't know, there's like an outdoor venue or something where they put the tarp and everything over so if it rains or whatever. But they're spreading people out and they're having them cheer and boo and like watch the, the events. And they're keeping them away. And some of them are wearing masks and they're at least six feet away from each other, but they're all getting tested on the way in and out anyway. Um, but it's, if you watch AEW, it's, you can, it's like you're hearing an independent wrestling event. You're hearing that almost... Almost NXT like, but not even. It's not even that much, but it's it's fun because they're playing to themselves. You know what I mean. Yeah. But you hear it. It's like you're watching it with fans, so it's like you're watching it with other people. So I think by that aspect of it, that's unique matches to watch. Um, but go back to the Money in the Bank. Uh, so you gave it a three for the Money in the Bank match itself. What did you think about both of them going at the same time? Obviously, that's kind of an efficiency thing. Um, what did you think of the in? Um, the uh, the guest appearances, and then what did you think of the ultimate winners?
1: Okay, so um, uh, them going at the same time, I, I think it was cool because it kind of gave you like that duel, like you didn't get bored just watching one. You sure. went back and forth? Okay. I thought that was cool. Um, <clears throat> the guest appearances, like you know, the ones I think stand out to me was like Stephanie McMahon mm-hmm. and Vince. Oh, and then yeah, Johnny Ace. Well, brother, love in the bathroom. Brother Love in the bathroom, right, Ray Mysterio, yeah, Brother Love, right. And he ended it by washing his hands. Right. So, um, but yeah, so the guest appearances were, were cool. Paul Heyman in a food fight. That's right, I forgot about him, I was like, I, was like, I felt like I was forgetting more people, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought the guest appearances were cool, um, you know, especially Vince, it's always good to see Vince, you know. You like what he was
0: wearing? With He's the wearing, jeans and the jacket. jeans, it was like weird,
1: man. It's like that's not Mister McMahon. Like <laughs> he should have on slacks. Yeah, it's like, but that's it's some cr- good shit. It's crazy because, as you know, and we're going to talk about it. You know, yeah. I've been going back through and watching the the, the old stuff, mm-hmm. and it's so weird looking at Vince now because he looks so much older. You know, he like looks like an old man. Yeah, you know, compared to you know older uh, younger Vince. great. Yeah, yeah, and um, but it was a good spot with uh, AJ and, and Brian. Um, as far as the the winners. Yo, know, it's funny. I saw a meme that that said uh, that said Baron Corbin just killed two people, but we ain't gonna talk about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he literally
0: threw two people off the roof, that and they didn't. They came back on Monday Night right. Raw and explained it it's like there was another roof six feet down, yeah. and then we landed on that. Luckily, like I don't know. Oh my god! So, so but uh, they didn't mention that during the pay per view. Right. So literally, it's like yeah, he threw two he people threw off, the off the roof. roof. And they didn't even talk about it. They just went on with the match. And, oh my god! And he threw him off with no compassion. Like, nope, he's
1: just a murderer. So anyway, <laughs> so
2: <God laughs> he's damn. a
1: psychopath. So anyway, the winners, Oscar um, and and Baron Corbin. I think I think you know what you know what I don't like. Sometimes and I don't know if this is a spot thing. It, it's one of those things. Like Oscar got to the ladder, right? And it was taking her forever mm-hmm. to get up there. And it's like, I, I hate sometimes when that happens because then it just kind of takes you out of the realm. It's like, all right, I know you're tired, but if you know you're right there, that adrenaline is going to shoot through you real quick to take them couple of steps. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she was taking her time. And then the whole thing happened with, uh, I guess, her and Corbin got into, like, the the tiff or whatever. <clears throat> and that was the only part I didn't get because it's like... Why would you care? Both of, like both of you guys are getting a separate money in a bank. So right. why are you even fighting him away? Like he's trying to take your money in the bank. Like right. It it to me that part didn't make sense. But anyway, it happened.
0: I, I didn't understand that
1: either. All right, perfect. All right, great, great. Yeah. Thank you. All right, yeah. It's like
0: care. one impeding the other by getting the other briefcase. It don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who, who cares? Right. And what beef do they have and, and with each both, other? And you're both heels. Right. I
1: to say what beef? Yeah. It's not like
0: one's a face and one's a heel yeah, and one right. like you you know, yeah yeah. It's like you
1: have nothing to do with each other. So uh,
0: they could have done that spot a little different. Yeah. All right. I'm so, okay
1: with both of them climbing the ladder, but it just didn't make any yeah. sense. Anyway. I, Oscar winning to me makes perfect sense. <clears throat> I think that she's probably, besides, you know, Becky Lynch being the most she's probably the most over female wrestler, and I think that she's really shined in this empty arena.
0: Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and like her
1: her stock has really grown. Good. Um Otis winning I, I to me, I don't really feel like Otis has solidified himself as a singles competitor to be that person that carries the money in a bank and has a potential shot at the WWE Championship, if Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying. It's like, is that really the spot he's in now? Like, you know what I mean? It's like (laughs) one of those things. Like, uh, okay, Otis. You know, it's like, I I get... I mean, this was the guy that was just in the tag team. It's like, yes, he kind of had the singles thing with Dolph over Mandy Rose, but it's like, is he really...
0: is, Is the tag team done? Like, is he... I, I don't know. He keeps talking about him every time on TV, like, you, you know, Tucky or Tucker or whatever. Yeah. He's, he's talking about him, so it's not like he's gone. So, where's Tuck? Like, is Tucker injured? I, I didn't hear anything about him being injured. I know he was, you know, WrestleMania and then shortly thereafter. But I think it's more of... <clears throat> this is my opinion on the Otis thing. Uh, for the empty arena television stuff, you need something in between decent and funny to be on television in an empty arena because it's you're, it's only on you. You know what I'm saying? If we still had arenas and we still had fans and this COVID-19 didn't happen, Otis wouldn't have won that thing. I think this is purely – that's what it's for. I,
2: agree.
0: Um, I, I don't think – and after we what we saw on Monday night, which we'll talk to as well, nothing really happens with the money in the bank this year as far as legitimacy is concerned. It's a gimmick match to begin with. I've always liked it, but there's always been – something behind it like there's a, a superstar on the rise to like take a main event spot um I think we need... It's because it's, be- yeah, it's become predictable over the years. Yeah, it's yeah. become predictable.
1: And it's not... I mean, it's not any fault of WWE. No. You just... You can't help it. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, I would totally understand, like, if AJ had just gone going through his thing with The Undertaker, gotten buried alive, he came back to life, and he was in the Money in the Bank match, I would have totally made sense if he would have won the Money in the Bank, because he's never won it before. He's somebody that can hold a main event spotlight, and who can legitimately cash in and win. Otis... Cashing in on Braun Strowman and or Drew McIntyre. I ain't buying it. I can't I can't see it happening. And
1: the other thing is, like, how do you how do you even work that? Because Otis is so over as a face, and both Braun and Drew are both faces. Faces, yeah. And it's like, we all know the money in the bank cash-in is usually on a very sneak tip after somebody's been beaten down and right. you run in and catch it. I mean, that's how you build the suspense of it. Mm-hmm. You know, besides John
0: Cena, it's like, I mean, if you do the straight-up cash-in, it's just kind of lame. It just kind of takes away from it, too. Yeah. Like, Anybody can come out on TV and challenge somebody, and somebody can accept the challenge. Right, Yes. Like you didn't need a briefcase. They don't need a briefcase for that. Right. So, you know, I I like the match as far as a gimmick. I I wish they would have done it. I thought they were actually going to do it, like, back and forth. Like, they were going to start at WWE headquarters and, like, start on the bottom floor and then cut to a match or two in the Performance Center and then go back. To because they recorded that several days earlier. Yeah. So if they would have mixed it up a little bit more and might have been watching the Performance Center stuff a little bit more entertaining, mm-hmm. I don't know. Instead Maybe. of just doing right. everything in the beginning and then just shoving half an hour at the end. Right. Plus it was the shortest WWE pay-per-view of all time. It was time. very short, yes. Um, 7 to 9.30. And hey, then, wasn't bad though. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Right. It's like <laughs> we I'm need not that money back it, because we we spent eight hours at WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. At the last WrestleMania that had fans in it. Yeah. So we need that back. Um, but they did. I, I think. Oh, cruising down the street with my six foot. We got straight into uh, Compton, playing in the background. Anyway, um, this is this is what I'm thinking. It's the stuff in the performance center. What was it? Drew McIntyre and. Um, Seth Rollins. Thank right. you, Seth Rollins. Um... And Seth Rollins as with new theme music, uh, mm. some more into the Jesus Messiah character. I'm liking this. I'm liking this change. Love man. the character. I'm loving the character. And after Monday night, man, and we, he's really diving into oh, it too. He is. And even after Monday night, I think he's diving into it even more because he's gonna have to do a whole lot in a whole little bit of time. Where's AOP? So that's interesting. I was just thinking that. So I don't know if they're the part. Oh, actually, I think they might have been part of that spring cleaning, which is interesting enough. You know, when they got rid of all their superstars. Oh, they weren't on the list, were they? I didn't think they were, but something's telling me they are because they haven't been around at all. Like the, the disciples. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Buddy Murphy's still there, one. But the AOP—they they they were helping him out, but they—they yeah, they haven't, they been, haven't been there
1: for weeks, though, right? Even before the spring cleaning, they weren't there, right? And I'm not sure when. I don't. I think he he
0: needs. I, I mean, he needs disciples. He, he needs, needs them, yes. Yes, he needs a flock. He needs more than just Buddy Murphy. Amen. No no offense to Buddy Murphy, but it yeah. ain't enough. <laughs> it ain't enough, right, to have one guy. I mean, it's like, he needs to stay. It's a stable. He needs a stable. Right. He needs. To, uh, that's what happens with the Messiah. If you really want to take this thing and then give people uh, other stuff to do that might not have everything to do on the show, give it to them. Yeah. Let them do it. I think that, oh, you know what it could be? They
1: could not be showing up because of COVID. A lot, a lot of wrestlers are... Voluntarily voluntarily taking themselves out, sort of a Roman
0: Reigns kind of thing, and that's possible too. Yeah,
1: Um,
0: and they aren't talking about it, right? Yeah, no, they're not. They're really not talking about like Roman Reigns or anybody like that. Correct. Voluntarily taking themselves out, so that's possible. Um, and I hope they haven't been screen cleaned because they were very talented. Yeah, I don't want them to go anywhere. Um, so yeah, the Seth Rollins thing is great. I think the match was. Eh, it was okay. Uh, Drew McIntyre very much solidifying himself. He's earning it. Uh, the squash against Brock wasn't really enough to solidify him as the the fighting champion. But then he had a 20-minute match with The Big Show. Then he's having matches with Andrade, other people like on Raw. Um, so I think he's really earning it um, as he goes along, earning it by fire. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Okay. Um... I get that this storyline is going to take a while. I understand that they're building, they've got Bray Wyatt, they've got history between the two characters. They've got to get the Fiend in there, which obviously they teased at the end of that thing. Um, The match was what it was. I think it's more about the storyline. I'm okay with the storyline, actually. I'm okay with Braun and Bray because they, especially Bray, he can carry a storyline, his character. What do you think?
1: I think the storyline is good. I think it makes complete sense that I think CM Funk was alluding to this last time that mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of, a lot of rivalries with Bray Wyatt that are that have been set up when you know from the past right. that he had John with Cena, John Cena, and Braun Strowman, right, yeah. and so they're like revisiting it. I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's a good, easy story to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know the one spot with the black mask in there, and then Bray is, like, buying it, and then it's, like, so obvious, like, he's not really joining you, like, why are you buying this, like, right. you know, and then he, like, crushes the match. he's like, okay.
0: Bit so dramatic. Bray, like, turned to mind games, I mean, uh, Braun turned to mind games on Bray. On oh, Bray, right. right. And which it, is weird.
1: It's it, it, Right, and it's weird because that's not Braun Strowman. Right. Like, that's not his character, he's not a mind games kind of guy. Right. He's a, you right. know, that's it, and I mean, nothing against him, but, like, that's not his thing. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, for him to turn the mind games on Bray, it was just like, and Bray was buying it. Was like, this is this is not that's not right. Something's off. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and I found it. Daniel deadly... Bryan did that. You'd be like, ah, yes, yeah. And I he did. has done something and he like has that. Been,
1: correct, right? With the, with the whole Wyatt right. family, but right. it makes sense because Daniel Bryan is like you think of him as like you know a smart wrestler,
0: right? He is uh, yeah. like a mind wrestler in the ring, you yes. know, and a psychological kind of right. guy. Braun is not. Braun is like <laughs> Superman, essentially.
1: <Right>. Yeah, it's <laughs> like. Yeah, he needs a Batman
0: to kind of like give him the game plan. <laughs> right, I see this eventually paying off to Bray or the Fiend or whatever. He's getting the title back eventually. That's where this is all leading. This is all going to give more strength to the Bray Wyatt um, Fiend character. Um, I think Bray uh, Broadstrom is still relatively transitional at this point. I hate to say that, but that's that's kind of the way the way it should. I mean, that's the way it's playing out to me. Um, because the focus isn't really on Braun; it's about what Bray is doing to Braun, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and and how Bray is coming out of this, yeah. and what Bray is thinking. Um, Bray
1: is the he's the bigger, better character. Amen. Right now, yeah. I, I think that I think that. Listen, there was a time that Braun Strowman. We've talked about this frequently. There was a time that Braun Strowman was red hot. Yeah. Everybody was red hot for Braun Strowman. Right. He was li- he was freaking lifting up trucks pushing stuff over, yep. I mean, that was that guy was made at that point, and that has passed, and I think that he's not a kind of character, like you were talking
0: about, that can shine in an era of no audience. Uh, amen, know. I was just thinking that. <clears throat> yeah. He's an attraction inside an arena, he can pop the fans, and he's seven foot tall, and if he comes out in a, in a, in a fan of 20,000 people, 80,000 people, that's going to make an impact. If he comes walking out, like you said, and there's nobody there to... No. Yeah. It, ain't, it ain't happening. Yeah. So, I think those two matches kind of stood out for me. Everything else, I can't even, without even going to the, 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 the click sheet, I can't remember what the hell happened on that show. Uh, I mean, there was some decent stuff, but I really wish they would have incorporated the money in the bank at different times. Like, like played it throughout? I yeah. Think,
1: I, I, I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it, but mm-hmm. now that you mentioned it, I do think it would have made for a way more interesting show overall. Yeah. Like, I, I would have been more invested... And the overall product, yeah, you know, instead of just being like, okay, I got through these matches, like, can I just get to the Money in the Bank, you know?
0: Plus, the suspension of disbelief would have made us think that the Money in the Bank is happening live. So, it legitimately could take a couple hours for 12 people to get through the building and get upstairs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, because that kind of fast-tracked, because that all happened in the span of a half an hour, it's like, eh. I don't know about that. Um, and you could be like, oh, we're checking back in to the money in the bank. you know. And then it's like, yeah. Yes. It's like it's going See? on. Yeah, it's
1: going on at the same time that all the other wrestlers. It's like,
0: we got to check back in. Like, yeah. Come on, WWE. Yeah. Listen to this. Armchair booking yeah, for back, next time. Yeah, Baron just, in case. just murdered a second person. <laughs> See, that would have been a good, good source of reality because after he would have done that, I would have loved to have seen security come in and like handcuff him and take him away <laughs> yeah. in the panty wagon. Because he just killed two people. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Like, oh, yeah. or if they could have played it like they both got thrown off the building and then the, the, everybody goes quiet and dark and like everybody stops because Baron Corbin just killed somebody and then you see like hands come up over the thing, yeah. like they they're climbing up and then you see the camera go up and over for the first time and now the cameraman's getting a glimpse. Oh, they landed on the second roof. Yeah. Oh shit! Thank God. Yeah, like. I mean play that right. up a little right, bit. Right, yeah. More. It Instead up, of yeah. he just killed he two people He just
1: killed two people. people, yeah. <laughs> and and no mention it at all. Oh my god. You know, god. speaking about the cameos there, you yeah, know what yeah. I, I would like to see and we can move on from yeah, I was uh I was gonna say I would have liked to have seen more and I guess it wouldn't have made sense, which is why they mostly just stuck with executives.
0: Yeah. But people who might have been in the building anyway.
1: Yeah, just more like maybe old-timer
0: wrestlers. Yeah. That would have been cool. Pat Patterson, like, Gerald Briscoe. Right, uh, exactly. You know, uh, <coughs> things like that. Maybe even yeah. Triple H himself because he's got an office in the right. building. Why not, you know? Sure. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that Yeah, I would have liked to have seen so. Maybe him in, in his uh, wrestling gear, like, ready to go. Like, oh, yeah. like I'm, I'm ready to compete in the match. Yeah. And then R-Truth comes in or something like that. Dog, you ain't in this match. Yeah. <laughs> like, something like yeah. R-Truth would do. Yeah, so that would have been, that been uh, cool. But. So, yeah, there's there's things. There's things. I mean, and this is armchair booking, but, I mean, they're still putting on a show. They're still putting on content every week, and, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can with what they got. So, right. they're doing all right. Yep. Um, okay. So, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, let's let's kind of tighten this up on a bow. Let's get to Jesse O'Ryan. We'll talk to him, and then you and I will come back, and we'll talk about archived matches and Hall of Fame discussion and all that. Sounds good. But, um, let's finish this up with what happened on Monday Night on Raw. So, Monday Night Raw starts. You've seen this. I'm sure. Yeah. Right? Okay. Monday Night Raw starts with Becky Lynch, who was uh, scheduled to come out and make a big announcement, which we weren't sure exactly what it was yet. But she's coming out with the Money in the Bank briefcase. And we just saw Asuka win it. Like, what's happening here? And then there's like a setup in the ring to where it's like a presentation or something like yeah. that. So, and Becky starts shooting. Like, legitimately, emotionally shooting, which I thought was one of the better things. It's not really a promo. It was more like her talking. Um, and then Asuka comes out and interferes and... Basically, Becky Lynch says that she went to the higher ups and she said uh, she asked for the Money in the Bank match to be. Now, I got a little couple issues with this, but anyway, um, said it wasn't just for the the contract. She says I got the combination. I opened up the briefcase and there is a 12 pound title belt in there. When you feel that rattling around, <laughs> if you if you if Oscar picked it right. up and was carrying yeah. it, like, this <laughs> do feel like it's a paper contract. <laughs> Yeah. She so, yeah. yeah. could have made a whole thing. out Anyway, wouldn't it feel a little heavier? I don't know. But that's just a, that's just me. Anyway, so she opens it up. The, the, the Raw Women's Championship is in there. And Becky says, you're the champ. You're the champ. And then Asuka does her little uh, celebration that looked like it could have been done in front of 20,000 people. Because she went all around the ring. She went up to the announce area. And then she came back. And uh, Becky's like crying, like it's like, and she's saying she's going away for a little while. She's not really saying it yet; she's hinting at it. And then she says, "You know, Oscar, you go be a warrior. I'm gonna go be a mother." And then there it is. Um, Becky Lynch is pregnant. I think I sent you. Uh, th- there's been memes or whatever about this all week long. Okay. It's like you know Rollins pulls out of the WWE, yeah. uh, and uh, Roman pulls out of WrestleMania. Seth Rollins doesn't pull out. Uh, right, yeah, right. <laughs> God damn it! And it's another wrestler that Seth Rollins put on the shelf. Damn it! Being unsafe. Being unsafe. Uh, um. Okay. There's a lot to talk. First of all, congratulations. You know, Rebecca Quinn, Becky Lynch. That's awesome. I mean, she's, you know, m- you know almost mid-30s and she's going to be a mom. That's good. She's always wanted to be a mom. Good for her. That's what she gets to do. But she is one of the biggest names in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's taking herself out of the equation when the company is bleeding money. Um, so they're going to spin it as long as they can, get some merchandise out of it, you know, instead of the man. She's the mom. You know, whatever. But, uh, all right. So... I'm, I'm actually okay with this. Like you said, Asuka is in the position. She's taking the spotlight. She's doing really well with it. I think her as the Raw Women's Champion is good. I think you'd agree with that. Or do you agree with how I, it was done? I, I think it was... I think... Because
1: she didn't earn it. I right, mean... She, she didn't earn it, right. I think that... I think that Asuka's going to be a transitional champion for, oh, for Shayna Baszler. Oh!
0: Wow, that's going
1: against your girl, man. I know. I like Asuka. But, you know, and is very popular right now. Yeah. But... Like you just said, the company is bleeding money. Yeah, and you you're gonna have to have a champion that can in some way connect with a wide range of audiences, and Oscar can't do that because she can't speak because she good doesn't. English. Yeah, correct. It's it's it can be good, it can be entertaining, but I think eventually they're going to try and put Shayna Baszler in that spot as the
0: woman to beat. Gotcha. As the mountain to climb, yeah, and maybe Oscar continues <laughs> yeah. to climb back up and regain yeah. some of that stuff. And that I mean, she had her streak. It, you, I mean, you could see it
1: going that way back from Elimination Chamber, which we were at, you know. We and, were, and Shayna pretty much took out like what four women as soon as she got the cage, you yeah, know, including Oscar, right? You know, and so it's like, yeah, they dominance, sh- right? They shifted to Oscar because I think Oscar has shown herself to be very entertaining in this landscape, sure. But I do think long term. It's going to shift to Shayna. Okay. It might not happen soon. Right. Because I think they still want to milk Asuka for her entertainment portion.
0: They're doing some stuff with Shayna that's kind of edgy but what,
1: Yeah, but what do you do with Asuka? I
0: mean, because she's still... She's a heel. Like, you know... Because she was. She was a heel. Right. Her and Kyrie Seam were both heels. But then, after she accepted the title, she congratulated Becky. She hugged her. You know what I mean? And she's like, Becky, Becky. And, uh... Yeah, yeah what do you do? Do you, like, turn her face now because Becky was a face? Because she actually just gave her championship to the heel. You know, basically is what she right, did. Right, yeah. Like, do they... Do, is this, like, legitimate transition? And what happens? Does I guess Shayna it. come back and just do something dominant again against
1: Asuka? Asuka maybe. I mean, that, that could be it. That could set up the next feud. Asuka
0: and Shayna. And I like Asuka's the, feud.
1: the Asuka's the, the face. That's a nice stiff feud. Sure. I like that. Yeah. And
0: Asuka being a face is okay. Um, Her being a heel, I get they were trying something different. And she can do it. But I think she's more entertaining. I, yeah, I enjoyed her as a hill. Yeah, but that's the thing; it's like anti-hero thing. Yeah, it was it was very entertaining, but yeah. she was bad. But I yeah, I, I like the green mist and all that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Get great Muda kind of stuff. Like and and incorporate it and and be like that bad girl, but she's a face. Right. Um. So what do you what do you think? Um. Because and what we saw a little bit later on is everybody congratulating Becky backstage, all that good stuff, and when. Uh, I trying to remember exactly who it was that came up and tried to congratulate Seth like actually Seth was in a zombie state like he took this Jesus character and went like completely zombie with it yeah and somebody tried to congratulate him and he was like he didn't say anything he didn't react at all yeah. and then when he came out where his tag team match which I thought this was very inventive he just stood he just walked down to the ring looked like he hadn't shaved or showered he just stood on the apron and then when he got, you know, nudged off the apron or something like that. He just snapped. And then he came, even at the segment after that, he came back and tried to. It was Ray Mysterio, I think. It was Ray. It was Ray to try to congratulate him. Yeah. And then he snapped on Ray and, like, put his eye into the side of the uh, the stairs uh, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And then he came back and tried to apologize. said, That wasn't my fault. That wasn't me. Like, what happened? Did he get come over with a trance? Or you know, what do you think? What do you think about this? I think that the story they're rolling with is that he lost that money in a bank. Okay. He was
1: supposed to be this messiah, the savior. Okay, and he completely lost, shook the hand of the man that pretty much proved that he couldn't get the job done, right? And so, I think that you're supposed to take that it like put him into like this state of, I don't know, maybe doubting that he's the messiah or something like that. Okay, and now he's just like unstable.
0: Okay, so you, ha- you think his. Actions have absolutely nothing to do with uh, Becky Lynch being pregnant. No, no. You think they're going to keep that completely yeah, separate? Yeah, no, I
1: think I think it's separate. I think that's just Becky. I think she's riding off into the sunset doing that. I think that what was happening with Seth Rollins is a continuation of his Messiah character. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely.
0: I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, because they're going to need to push Seth Rollins a lot because in about nine months or so he's going to have to take a break too because of the birth of his first child. Yeah, um, and then he's going to be out for a little while, so he's going to put himself on the shelf. Man, so Roman Reigns, <laughs> Becky Lynch, what is, yeah, Seth Rollins what is, eventually. What is WWE going to do? Holy crap! Like, well, if, hopefully by that time.
1: Hopefully by that they'll time they'll be back, we'll,
0: back to. Maybe getting back to yeah. some smaller arena stuff. Yeah. Uh, at least the fans in the performance center or something. I don't know. Because it's December that she's do. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. Um, this is and this this is the time when the WWE. I mean, do they have a lifeline here? I mean, do they keep doing what they're doing? Are they going to run out of money? I mean, are they going to run out of? I don't know, man. I mean, I think that listen, they they got they're going to have money from the
1: network. Yeah. Um, you know, but obviously the network can't keep them afloat forever.
0: Yeah. But um yeah man. isn't it isn't it weird like to think about like what like XFL just went bankrupt and WWE has no live shows and in summertime is a time when they go to all these towns like Ocean City and Wildwood and, and they have all these live events the one time a year live events and they do the overseas tours and like ah oh, man like what are you gonna do I mean but they're they are this is where I think the Otis thing is part of the creativity of yeah. what they're doing with this time and space. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you one thing. Go ahead. They're going to get one of these cities, right, one
1: of these cities, as, they, as we start moving into, like, two, like, other states start moving into phases two and three. Okay. One of these cities, they're going to want people like WWE to come in there to sure. build back up yeah. their economy. So you're going to get a lot of towns soon
0: enough that's going to be begging for them to come mm-hmm. so they can get people to flock. And spend money, you know. So. Now think about this too: these towns that are going to be opening up first aren't going to be the major wrestling cities like New York or, right, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not. It's going. It's going to be the smaller towns, yeah. those B towns that usually get those B cards. Yeah. Um, but they're gonna. They're gonna have an opportunity to fill up like a five thousand seat arena or like a college or something yeah. like that. And it's going to be a main event kind of thing. Yeah. Now that opens a whole new market in these places that are only used to getting the the B stuff, the, right. like the mid card stuff. You know what I mean? So, and I think that's really cool because those people are going to like shit themselves. Like yeah. they're going to be out of their seats, ridiculous. Right. And then when the bigger towns come back, then they're going to have to. Then then they could theoretically have two whole new markets yeah. of things because all the big towns are going to want what they've always had. And all the small towns are going to want what they've never had, right? Because um, you, you know Duluth, Minnesota, or something has never had a Summer Slam, but right. but they could now, yeah. Because um, you know Boston canceled that. You know no Summer Slam, no SummerSlam week. That's the second biggest thing of the year. Yeah. That's that's done. Um, so th- there's a lot of th- interesting things happening in the world here. Um, so to put a button on this, and like we said, we're going to we're gonna go to Jesse O'Ryan. We're going to talk a little bit, and then we're going to come back and button it up. But what do you think um, as far as the next steps here for WWE after Money in the Bank heading towards backlash and everything? What do, what do you think is like the major takeaway here, Big Ugly? Um, I think that the major takeaway is going
1: to be they have to continue to get – um continue to do those uh i don't know what you call these kind of matches
0: oh so, the uh the cin- cinematic uh yeah okay yeah, yeah, i like those cinematic matches boneyard and firefly Fire, Fire, yes Farmers. okay
1: obviously you can't fill up an entire card with these kind of matches but i think that having at least one or two of these on each show is going to keep these keep it more entertaining mm-hmm. than just watching a complete pay-per-view of matches in the empty arena gotcha you know um ratings are ratings are dropping for mm-hmm. like raw and smackdown yeah. and it's and it's obviously because number one you don't have your biggest stars on air as much anymore um but then number two it it's less entertaining to watch it without fans i mean you just can't get around it um yeah. it just is what it is and
0: being a fan of pro wrestling to <laughs> usually watch pro wrestling um, you you don't get those same feels like you would, and we're and this is going to take us into our third segment about all those archived matches, the things that made us pop, right? Um, as fans and the stuff that yeah. still keeps us, you know, cheering and being there. Yeah. So, um, I think you're right. Um, I think they have a lot of work ahead of them. Hopefully, they continue to to be as creative as possible. We do thank all of them for sort of. Being on the front lines and the ones that are actually out there, they're they're risking their lives every night, theoretically. Right. Um So, we, we appreciate yeah. it. And I would do... I would start to try and
1: incorporate more matches, like, even on, like, your Raw and your SmackDown, like, more matches that don't necessarily take place in the ring. Like, you know, sure. starting brawls in the back yeah. and stuff like that. You know, just, just getting more creative with the entertainment part of it mm-hmm. because, you know... You, because you, it is a difference, just watching it like with no one off there. Yeah, but yeah,
0: and, and that's why I say if you want an alternative, you know, check out AEW as well because it's they they're they're placing their backstage and their fans out in the arena, so it's spreading them out and yeah. it's pretty entertaining. So check it out. Um, Matt, Matt Hardy is uh, changing his character in between every single match, which is great. He's coming out as broken Matt Hardy, and then he's being like re- version 2.0 Matt Hardy, and then he's putting the trench coat back on, and then he's Damascus again. Uh, it's so it's really entertaining. He's really taking it to another level. Um, and Chris Jericho is obviously doing his thing, and Cody. Um, and now with all these people that have just left WWE, it's very possible that other people could show up in AEW sometime soon. So Maybe. Maybe. I mean, uh, AEW... They're gonna be they're going
1: through the same situation. Right. You know, it's like they're and, and they're owned sure. by a professional sports team as well, I believe. Yeah, and, so I'm not sure if people of course they're gonna be ready to take on some of them bigger contracts, you know, but
0: I'm sure that these people would like to go to AEW. I would on. hope so. Yeah. And it's and it all seems to be starting in Florida, so yeah. let's let's pray for Florida. Um all right, we we're gonna take a small break, uh play a little music here. We're gonna come back with Jesse O'Rion, my exclusive conversation with the quarantine man and then uh, you and I are going to come back big, ugly. I'm and a
1: rocket man. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that, Elton John on you. Um, and we're going to talk about those archive matches. Back talking about the network that you've been watching, Hall of Fame discussion, things like that. Um, and we will return shortly with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yep. I need, I need some more water. Let's do it. Thank We are back. I mean, I am back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, and uh, the Big Ugly is handling some other business right now for us while we're still on quarantine. But uh, we're still bringing it to you, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. We have a great surprise for you today. Um, This is one of our longtime guests, longtime friends. Uh, This guy is fantastic. I love saying his name over and over and over again, longer every time. Um, he is joining us, and he's going to tell us about the world of independent professional wrestling under quarantine, and he's also going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with him. Jesse, oh, I could keep this going for days. Ryan, Jesse, how you doing, buddy?
3: Hey, Mikey, I am uh, I'm doing all right, you know, just trying to get by here, stay sane, keep the, uh, you know, keep the waistline from growing too much, I'll uh, <laughs> I- I wait for activity
0: here physical activity including professional yeah. wrestling right oh yeah i mean that's uh, i guess maybe not, unfortunately for me that's my primary
2: source of physical activity <laughs> so, uh, been
0: a little rough. so yeah this is why i want to connect with you i mean uh, i'm glad you're doing okay it sounds like you're all right and i uh, will get into the professional wrestling thing in a second but uh how's the family how's the kids how's everybody everybody doing okay yeah
2: we're
3: I, I at least get out of the house uh, most days uh, to to get some some work done. Yeah. Um. And my and my my real line of work. <laughs> and, uh, but otherwise, we're doing okay.
0: Uh, we're getting by. We're we're, we're just uh, kind of waiting for this to, to end. Although. Little stir yeah. crazy. A little bit of uh. Yeah cabin fever as it were um you know you can go outside walk around that's a great thing to do but uh there's not a lot of places to go unless you want to you know go into a grocery store or um one of the big box stores or something like that which i can find is is a little bit of exercise in itself you know trying to stay six feet away and dodging people with massive carts of stuff that they necessarily don't need um but that's okay glad they're all open so jesse um you know, you you came to us a, a while ago. You you wanted to you know live out your dream as a professional wrestler, and you've been getting to do that um, for a, a while now, several years. And you've gone all the way from you know wearing the orange shirt on the ring crew to uh, having your first matches in the uh, warehouse there, the EWA Warehouse Wars. The uh, uh, you know you, you lived there. I think Jesse Orion lived there at one point in time. Um, I mean, you still probably have some, uh, yeah. You know, uh, pain factor EWA. So, and and you still, and you took a long, you know, journey all the way through and became the uh, EWA uh, heavyweight champion of the world. Um, I was proud to, to be there to experience that, and and you've gone, you've been the cruiserweight champion, you've been in everything kind of stuff, and now. The independent professional wrestling business is on hold. I mean, I think it's essential, like WWE and AEW, that's essential. Um, but uh, So tell me about that. How do you go from you know, living out your dream to having your dream kind of put on hold with this craziness that's happened to the whole world? Kind of tell me your mindset about that.
3: kind
2: of indescribable, uh, and it's, I guess, funny to me, uh, because like you're saying, a, a few years ago, this wasn't really a part of my life, mm-hmm. There's there was just some, you know,
3: empty, empty space that I wasn't, wasn't fulfilling, and now I'm kind of forced back in
0: that position. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I kind of hate it, but, uh, <laughs>
3: but we gotta do what we gotta do to keep everybody safe, um, I, I don't want to put any, any fans at risk. I don't want to put my family at risk. I don't want to put any other workers at risk. So, you know, unfortunately, if this is how it's going to be for now, this is how it's going to be. Um, I, I just am, I think there's going to be a lot of people fired up and ready to go as soon as some of these, uh, these quarantine uh, orders are, are lifted. I look forward to that. I still may kind of try to get a, a bit of a slow roll back into it just so that, you know, uh, let some other people dip their toes in the water and see how how, how it's going to be uh, before I jump into anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I just I, I want to make sure that uh, everybody's healthy and safe while we're
2: getting back into it.
0: Yeah, and that's absolutely honorable. Now, uh, this is a... Uh... Kind of a segue into getting your thoughts on this. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we can take some cues on how the WWE or AEW is handling this, but, I mean, they're doing closed locations, you know, no fans. Um, you know, they're they're testing everybody, temperature checks and, um, you know, all kinds of other different things, you know, before you go in, before you leave. Uh, and they're making sure 100% that anybody's even getting close to each other, you know, aren't symptomatic and don't necessarily have anything that's going on. And of course, all of these people are—you know—they're not being forced into this. I mean, it's they're—you know—they have jobs and they're doing this. But it's like, hey, you know, if you're, if you're feeling it, if you—you if you're not feeling it, you know, let us know. I mean, big, big example: Roman Reigns yeah, going through his bout with leukemia, and he basically pulled out a couple days before WrestleMania was supposed to be taped. And I mean, that's that's huge, man. Um, so, are you thinking that with independent professional wrestling, is that kind of? you know, like EWA or anybody else, do you think that's kind of going to be the, you know, the state athletic commission kind of testing everybody as much as they can? I know we get the full, we get the doctors, you know, clearance, everything, but do you think that's going to be a little bit more stringent now?
3: I, I you know, partly of me, kind of hopes so. Um, I, I think that, well, first of all, the state athletic commission, you know, just, uh, just find AEW 10 grand. So they've got money for thermometers and test
0: kits, you know? Okay. So, you know, they, take that money and invest it on stuff to, to make sure that we're all healthy and protected um, you know then maybe that'll be good for us and uh, as far as you know like you said there's when when you when professional wrestling I mean whether you're a competitor referee manager ring announcer whatever the case may be I mean there's, there's a lot of uh, bodily fluids a lot of sweat a lot of stuff flying around and uh, you know it's kind of think about how many people stick their faces up to the microphone uh, during the show and, yeah It's a lot of things to think about. Yep. So I mean, do you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and did you? And you know, when you get around the fans, I mean, I don't know if there wouldn't be anybody in the first row that'd have to stay six feet back from the guardrail. I mean, you you don't want to get near the guardrails in Maryland, first of all. But (laughs) I mean, that's that's a lot of things to think about. But it's things that I think everybody's going to be a little bit more conscious on at this point in time. I I agree. Yep. You know.
3: Uh, just being a little more careful and, and general, and a little more, uh, you know, conscientious of how they're interacting with other people, and,
0: and 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 these kinds of things. So there hopefully may be at least some silver lining to all this uh, when we get to the end of the road here. I'm, I'm looking forward to the silver lining. I think uh, there's yeah. there's there's a world after COVID nineteen. Um, it's just we're getting they're very, very slowly. Um, now as far as you, uh, you know, being a professional wrestler, uh, are you keeping in shape? Are you working out? Are you, I mean, how are you dealing with this under quarantine? And you know, it's gotta be tough, but I mean, how are you handling this? Normally you have the wrestling school to go to the, you can get in the ring, you can bump around, you can run around the ropes. Um, you know, but how, how are you handling that? Primarily, right now, it's
3: just been trying to eat a little bit more carefully than I would when I'm uh, when I'm able to, to
2: get some, you know, physical exercise in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, trying to do
3: a little bit of, of, you know, body weight kind of exercises here and there, just to make sure that I don't, you know, come back um, with my skin hanging off me or anything. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's mostly just been about uh, not necessarily. I guess dieting better, but just making sure I'm not overdoing it. Um, it the part of that, it, I, you know, tend to eat out a lot. So sure. uh, with everything being kind of closed down, we're, 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 I think we're eating a little bit more healthy and fresh stuff anyway. So it's, uh, it's all kind of, uh, it, it, it's it's forced us to, to eat better dealing with this anyway. So uh, that, I think that's kind of helping out uh, so that I don't, I can
0: kind of maintain a little bit easier. Good. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a culture shock for everybody, you know, came out of nowhere, just like the RKO, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> and we got RKO'd with COVID nineteen. Um so it, it, professional wrestling, being a fan, you know, for so long, I've I've watched a lot of things, you know, I've watched coming up through you know, the transcendence in the 80s and, you know, with WWE and WWF going huge and then the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era and all this and just imagining kind of regressing back to thinking, what if this happened? But, you know, this is not the first. I mean, we've had flu. We've had all kinds of other different things around, but there's been hundreds of thousands of people around each other and with independent professional wrestlers coming from everywhere. I mean, uh, all walks of life. Um, you never know. Uh, everybody's around everybody. Everybody's got kids. Everybody's got grandparents. Every you know, you never know um, what states people are coming from. Are they coming from the you know New York? You know, the epicenter of this whole thing. We've got uh, a lot of people on the East Coast that travel back and forth, and this has got to be. I'm just thinking, you know, not only EWA, but so many independent professional wrestling promotions. Like, what do you see coming out of this? I, I saw a quarantine match um, on on <laughs> on nine one time. I think I don't know if it was Sammy Guevara or somebody like that. They were six feet away from each other and they were wrestling shadows each other and just uh, yeah. bumping around was, uh, and. I think that was uh, Janella and. Uh, oh, Janella, right? Jimmy that's right. Yeah, Daniela and Jimmy Lloyd. Thank you. I was thinking AEW, but I was on the right path. But I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you see that kind of working into the, the? There's, there's place for haha on every show. There's a place for. Yeah, sure. You got to see I that. Think, you got to make light of it. You know.
3: Yeah, I, well, I think I think professional wrestling has always kind of been uh, some sort of reflection of of popular culture. Sure. Uh, whether people people want to see that or agree with that. Yes, I think it will easily kind of, whether whether it's delivered or not, it will kind of leak its way
2: into, um, I mean, it's on everybody's mind. So I, yeah. I think chances are, are very, very good that, yes, we'll, we'll see some either uh, match stipulations or, you know, the, even, you know, there might
3: even be people well, whose who's characters have changed coming out of this because they've had time to just sit and, and you know, think on, on who they are as a character and as yeah. a person.
0: I think we are. I think we're going to see, um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while, but we'll get back there. I mean, you know, you walk into, uh, especially like the uh, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland, you can have, uh, you know, we can sit seats further apart, you know, possibly. You know, there's a lot, a lot of room in there. Um, you know, we can make sure to stay six feet away from the concession table, everything like that. We can make sure that uh, maybe during autograph time people are wearing masks. So, I don't know. It's, it, there's a... It's certain things that we're going to be doing for a while. Um, and I, I can't wait for the, the promoter to come up with the gimmick. And obviously this is running through my head. Um, you know, somebody who possibly has COVID-19 and that's a heel person and they'll, they'll breathe on you or sneeze on you. Um, if, if, you know what I'm saying? And then you'll have a character called the vaccine or maybe that'll be the finishing maneuver. Um, I, I don't know. I got, I'm crazy. This is what quarantine does to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I
3: think we're gonna have to wait a little while before
0: we see any uh, <laughs> any any, any COVID based heels.
2: Uh, it's gonna be a little too too fresh, a little too raw in a lot of people's minds. I mean, oh. I mean, you know, yeah, it's 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 funny to think about, but you know, people are people are unfortunately you know losing their lives and, and loved
3: ones.
0: No, already. I hear you. Um, so
3: I, I think that that will likely happen, but I think it's gonna be a little bit
0: yeah. I'm just uh, trying, like, in trying to find the silver lining, you, like, there's there's a million things out there that can hurt you in the world, but if you don't go out and live your best life, you know, um, sure. if you're not at least allowed to, at least live your best life, but being conscious, you know, wearing masks, washing yeah. your hands, uh, you know, staying away from people, and, and if you're sick, you know, for God's sakes, if you're sick, don't go out. I mean, that's just, that's yep. just common sense. Um, yep. But, you know, we will get back into... Uh, you know, world, especially the world that we love, professional wrestling. It's it's going to happen. We're going to be you know more conscious of each other. And but there's a a brotherhood and a sisterhood that is definitely missed. Uh, a locker room vibe, a locker room feel. Um, you know, a feel to be in the audience. And then that's another thing. I mean, they they flat out canceled WrestleMania this year. I mean, eighty thousand yeah. people strong, gone. Um, it looks like uh, SummerSlam's next. Right? I, I, I just saw that after before we started recording. Yeah, they were supposed to be in Boston, I believe. Um, yep. No large gatherings of any kind like that, so that's next. But I mean, look towards 2021, um, and that's supposed to be in the new SoFi Stadium, which a lot of that's been delayed as now. But and that's supposed to be up to 90, hundred thousand people, whatever it is. Um, can we get back there in a year, or can we get back there at all? I mean, do you see a road back to any semblance of something that we used to know, especially in the world of professional wrestling, Jesse? Um,
3: I, you know as, as optimistic as I've tried been trying to be about the whole situation I think that uh, until we either get some sort of vaccine that actually works for us um, or um, or until people actually stay inside enough that we see significant drops in cases I think that, that we're going to be we're going to be living our lives this way for, for a little while yeah. so um Previous uh, similar outbreaks, um, when the quarantines have ended too soon, they've resurged and been way worse than they were the first time around. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I want to be optimistic about it, but I think we're really going to have to be careful.
0: Yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think most people are taking this seriously enough to where, um, we're, we're going to be more educated, um, more careful and, you know, be out able to just as we were able to adapt. And a lot of us are adapting now, you know, we'll be able to adapt as things, you know, get better and get closer. And, but obviously the main thing is do the best you can to protect yourself and others. And, uh, that, that's a great thing. So, uh, I do appreciate you uh, hanging out. A couple of uh, last minute questions here, Jesse. I just wondering what, what what you watching. What are you binge watching? Are you are you Tiger Kinging it? Uh, what are you doing down under there? Um, I, you know,
3: I haven't uh, checked out Tiger King yet. Um, I don't know. I just it, I have no <laughs> no no real desire to to get in and and watch. I don't know the the stories where everybody seems to be horrible person, I, I, I probably get involved and in, in really care about any, any of those. I hear you. So, I, I, uh, I haven't checked out Tiger
2: King,
0: um, but at this point, you know, I'm, I'm, Are you uh, reading I, books? Are I'm you, uh, watching, uh, other things um, on television? Or movies? Or, what are you guys doing?
3: Um, a lot of, just, uh, a lot more times than playing video games at hey. this point. Um, so, yeah. Um have been uh playing a decent amount
2: of uh, modern warfare. Uh, All right. Got uh, found enough time to start getting back into Fallout seventy six. Um <laughs> so those have kind of
0: been the main ones uh recently. There you go. And uh that that's and that's something that we can do, you know, online with people and that's uh you know, yep. safe enough, and uh, people can be quarantined in their own, you know, quarters doing that, and that's great. Um, uh, GameStop was, I don't know if they declared them essential or not. I know they closed a lot of GameStop stores, but... Uh, yeah, a bunch of them, I think, we were getting,
3: were getting into legal trouble because they were declaring themselves essential
2: when, oh. when you know, the state hadn't, hadn't declared
3: them that, so the, there was uh, pretty sure so many GameStop were, they actually sent the place
0: Oh, okay. So they tried to, I mean, and I get it. You've been playing video games and that makes sense. That's something you can do while you're home. And a lot of the GameStop stores have now turned into, um, you know, toys and Funko Pop and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. So there's a lot of things that you can do online or you can access a game through, uh, you know, online ordering, just like you can order food, you know, you can have a video game, you know, delivered to your door. For your PS4 yeah. or your Xbox One or your Nintendo Switch or something like that, but that's that's good. Um, keeping the mind going, keeping keeping the creativity going, that's great. And uh, you're still watching pro wrestling, I hope. Yep. Yep. been, uh, been keep up with the the live shows uh, while they're running. Um, Do you sure. like how AEW is handling? just putting their sort of their locker room spread out around the crowd and having them be the fans and reacting to some of the moves. Do you like what they're doing with that?
3: Yeah. I mean, so far it's been, it's been engaging. I think, you know, it's, it's allowing some of the guys, uh, really to, to shine, um, when they don't have anything other, I mean, you know, seeing, uh, uh, Sean Spears and, and
0: Pendeja's interact with people, um, <laughs> it's been, has been great. And gambling. And gambling, betting, yeah, exactly. betting, betting, on the matches and the moves. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, so I mean, it's it's allowing them to, to do their thing and and, and um, help get their, their characters across with,
2: with minimal actual center <laughs> physical interaction with other yeah. people. I mean, they're they're all kind of sitting close together, so um,
3: maybe it, it's still not you know ideal,
2: right? But, um, you know
3: they're not they're not they're what they're memorized lines and and just reading off what they've been told to so
2: it's cool to see them kind of flourish
0: in that uh in that situation and they're getting a chance to shine a little differently now than they might have been uh, if you know world was just going on as it was i think they'd still be doing okay but i think they're really getting the creative juices going now in wwe the biggest difference is no fans i mean that's very much different to watch, but you can still tell there's, there's scripts going on, there's a little bit of handcuffs, uh, you know, they're sure. still putting on a television show, there's some editing going on, and, um, right. you can, you can definitely tell, but I mean, there's a, there's a place for everything, and if you're watching two completely different products and two completely different shows, then that's a good thing. Yeah, um,
3: absolutely, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, anybody who's, who's complaining about
2: one show versus the other isn't really getting it. But, yeah. <laughs> like just why be unhappy about
3: any of it just you know like I, i'm I'm just grateful uh, for the amount that i get you know um and even then to, to a certain extent like you've got like afka cutting promos in japanese like i don't <laughs> think anybody's writing those for her right? No. <laughs> like, and that's some of the even though like we don't really know what the hell she's saying it's, it's some of the most engaging and entertaining parts of the shows that she's on yeah so, um it's, it's cool to see that even, you know, WWE is just kind of, uh, trying new and kind of different things to, to keep people engaged. Into this. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with all of it. There's a lot, but
0: it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. And uh, the final thing I'll say is I know we were all supposed to be going into the Too Sweet situation in the Money in the Bank in the Royal yeah. Farms arena. Um, that's, that's disappointing. I mean, but that is coming up soon and they are, I'm a little intrigued to see. It's going to be some sort of cinematic storytelling where the, uh, all six women yeah. and all six men are going all through the corporate headquarters, which... Somebody some... didn't chuck off the roof. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm reliving some old uh, WCW days with the big show and uh, Hulk Hogan, monster trucks on top of the roof, and then the big show got, I think, thrown off the roof, or the the truck got pushed off the roof, but he came back later. He didn't die. Uh, he, he came back later and wrestled. So um somebody could go off the roof yeah uh you, you never know but I, I know they're building a new headquarters down there in connecticut so i guess they're they don't care what happens to the building necessarily um that's going to be interesting to watch and i don't think we would have gotten that if we we were in the two suite situation but i know um one one of these days when we get back to that um I, I do have the information of the uh the suites at the royal farms arena and i will you're you're first on my list jesse Uh, all right and so we're we're gonna do it and it's gonna be fun but in the meantime you and take care of yourself you take care of the family thank you very much for spending some time with us on the dirty (laughs) Dirty ugly yeah man Uh, good to hear from you and uh, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast you've been on a lot of milestones with us we're on our way to 100 Um, all right and the idea when we get there is that we're gonna have another big live show and Pretty much every guest that's ever been on the podcast is going to be invited to attend somehow, somewhere, somehow. So, okay. um, we're going we're gonna to do that. When we get there, uh, count out three weeks, 18 episodes, uh, yeah, we can do it. We can do Every three weeks, every four months, we can do it. So, Jesse O'Rion, what are your final words for now for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? What do you got for us? Hey, man, keep, uh, keep killing it. Uh, 82 is, is a
3: pretty, pretty big number.
0: Um, <laughs> which is for, for 100. Um, stay, uh, stay, stay healthy, stay happy, and uh, give, me, give me a call anytime. Absolutely, and thank you for joining us, and uh, always appreciate the shout-outs. Jesse O'Ryan, EWA Pro Wrestling, uh, it's coming back. We're going to make it happen in the near future, and we're going to be safer and more conscious about it. Jesse, thank you. I'm gonna uh, stop the recording, but I'm gonna stay on the line. So, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast will be right back with more with myself and yeah, the big ugly. That was me, not him. But we'll be back soon. And we're back. Yeah. On the- Yes, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here in the mansion, uh, six feet away from each other, socially distant. Uh, both of us are clean and healthy, which is great. Uh, we had a great conversation with Jesse O'Ryan. Um, he is doing what he can to, to stay fit and healthy, uh, living the life, playing a lot of video games, which is good. Um And uh, I had a couple of ideas for booking there for using uh, real-life situations, which may or may not happen. (laughs) But I want to say that those views are strictly of Dirty Mike, uh, not me personally. That's a character that came out. That's me armchair booking in in independent wrestling. So, uh, you know, no, don't worry about it. It's all right. Anyway, so Jesse O'Ryan, glad to have him as a longtime listener and supporter and also provider of the podcast. So that's pretty cool, uh, and, and you know, we got a shout out to all of our independent professional wrestlers out there, EWA, MCW, SWO, and all of them that are not doing very much of anything right now. Mm. Um, so uh, you know a lot of those folks are, are even have some time in, you know in their personal lives and their professional lives. It's rough, man. It's rough, but um, hopefully to get back to it soon. Especially the smaller venues when you can space a couple people out. Um, You know, and testing going in, testing going out. Hopefully, people can get back to it. All right. So, Big Ugly, you brought up something last week uh, or last time, we should say. Um, And um, uh, we're we're, going to talk a little archives here. Not just the archives that you can get on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, which is this is episode 82, so all of our episodes are archived. But you talked about going into the past because you've been watching the network, You've been uh, catching up on things that you may not have seen the first time, or may have you know just getting a second wind at. Mm-hmm. So tell us exactly what you've been t- uh, what you've been watching, and uh, let's kind of talk about what keeps us in those fields as wrestling fans, and what gives us those pops. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: So yeah, what I did was uh, since I'm working from home, mm-hmm. you know, eight hours a day, I started back in 1998. You know, back when like the Attitude Era for WWE was like wow, wow really hitting its stride. You know, um, and mm-hmm. I started doing Raw. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've been doing Raw, you know, watching that. And now I'm in the year 2000. Now I'm doing SmackDown and Raw, there you, you know, back to back. Yeah. Um. And it's been it's been a blast. It's been fun, man. I've I've been sitting there finding myself like laughing, you know, at stuff that like you know I I was like, man, I haven't laughed like so hard at stuff from like wrestling in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. stuff that Austin would say a rock or like Mick Foley. You know what I mean? It's just. Like, the stuff was just great back then. You know, I think I text you yeah. about Al Snow and Steve Blackman. And it's like two, <laughs> P- two mid-carters that... But, I mean, that whole pairing with, with Al trying to give Blackman some personality was right? just hilarious.
0: Like... And, uh, and so much of that stuff so, off the cuff. Right, you know, they, yeah. They had writers that kind of <laughs> guided him in the right direction, but yeah. really no handcuffs. Right, exactly. So, so you know, good.
1: watching the stuff with Val Venus and his little, like, what do you call them, double entendres that he would do when uh-huh. he would... Hello, ladies. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, early Val Venus. I feel like they kind of...
0: They yeah, they put him in, like, yeah. right to censor or whatever. Yeah, it they day. had him with TNA for a while. Yeah. It was just like,
1: I don't, I don't know why they did that. Anyway. Sean Morley, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, But, yeah, so I've just been watching that going through, man. It's been good stuff. But you definitely see a huge... Back then, I couldn't tell. Going back and watching it, you see such a huge difference. And I think everybody recognizes it between Mm -hmm. uh, wrestling then and wrestling now. Sure. And that, um, man, back then, it was not about in-ring matches at all right very like, little of it very little yeah it was all about like nowadays when i read bleacher report it's all about like oh who put on this clinic who did it back then it was like are we entertaining mm-hmm. you know one of the things that i think i told you was that i have it written down is that man just lots of gaga as bruce pritchard would say like literally if, if you had eight matches on a card right mm-hmm. six of those matches probably didn't finish Right. Like, something happened where somebody interfered. Somebody <laughs> just randomly decided they were just going to get a chair and disqualify themselves. Like, no one gave up. It was like but the wild west. good list. stuff, man. It was good stuff. Exactly. I still loved it. I still loved it. And I think that it makes me think about, and we're going to get back to, you know, this. That's but cool. I was thinking about this, right? I was going to talk to you about Vince Russo, a long time ago, and I think I might mention this a couple years ago, that, you know, Vince Russo talked about how WWE, like, needs to get back to more of the entertainment value and less right. of just always focusing on in ring stuff. Right. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, listen, here's the truth of the matter. Because I've, I've seen wrestlers these days talk about how they feel like wrestling is better now than, like, in any other era. Like, this era of wrestling is better. Okay. And I understand why they would say that. And you're going to have pride in your own era. Like, you know, right. Dean Ambrose said. I get that. But let's say this it is undeniable. That every era of wrestling that transcended small, like the niche group of people that are wrestling fans, that went into superstardom, mm-hmm. like the Attitude Era sure. or like the late '80s with Hogan. Okay, all of both of those eras, which were like highlights that we think about as far as wrestling go, the height of wrestling, mm-hmm. right? The in-ring work didn't matter, right? When you not look, as much, not as much, at all. Yeah. right? It, anybody will tell you. You look back at the Hogan days, like Hogan wasn't a great wrestler. Him no. and him and he wasn't putting on clinics. Him no. and Ultimate Warrior and no. all these guys. I mean, they weren't putting on clinics, but people freaking loved it because the characters and the entertainment value was through the roof. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the Attitude Era. You know, when you look at Austin, you know, and Rock, and you know, um, you know some of the, some of the other guys during that era. Like I said, I mean, most of the matches a lot of Gaga. These guys weren't putting on, like, these crazy matches. I'm not trying to say they never had good matches. Right, they, they did. They had, they, they, they had good matches. But what I'm saying is that it wasn't the focus more so than entertainment. And that's what made it, you know, put it at the top, yep. you know, during that era. Um, and so, I mean, it's just like, hey, it's, it's undeniable, man. It's like inter- the entertainment value and building characters that people can relate to and like and be that you know, larger-than-life character, man, that's what's going to take wrestling to the next level.
0: And and the wrestling is the fundamental part of it, and people want to sort of sometimes glorify the stuff in the ring. But if you have, especially with with the stuff with no fans, you know, if you have a wrestling match... Um, that doesn't have a story behind it or a character involved in it, then the wrestling match doesn't matter. You could have a five-star clinic, you know, what you want to talk. You could have great in-ring precision. You could have perfect, impeccable timing. Um, you know, t- but if there's – it's it's, really a, it's a really a toss-up because if you have no substance behind it, then that match means nothing. Now, you could have somebody like Drew Gulak who's come in and put on some cl- cl- clinics with Daniel Bryan or even um, – I want to say it was uh, – not uh, Umberto Cairo. Well, maybe it was him. Him and Andrade, you know, kind of putting in, you know, some some work on that. It's it's a, it's a lot different these Andrade days.
1: Andrade and Rey Mysterio are very good in ring yes Nicaragua. they are yeah.
0: that that's very true. Yeah. But when you look back at the era you're talking about, yeah. and all the schmas false finishes, yeah. and all that all that stuff, yeah. and, and you just have like pop after pop after pop in every segment. Every segment had something meant something yeah. even those mid-card setman's al snow and steve blackman uh you know all, all meant something there's in there eventually maybe once a show maybe once a pay-per-view there is a jewel in there that's like a professional wrestling match that has so much of a story built behind it with all this other stuff that built up to it like mm-hmm. you're just talking about that that professional wrestling match is a hundred percent like um the first example of this is Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. So both of them had a lot of character building leading up to, you know, this uh, this match at WrestleMania 12, where they had the Iron Man match, which is the main event, where you are wrestling straight for an hour, and they didn't have really anybody interfere, nothing. It was just them, but they they could carry that because there was so much of that good storytelling with all these you know, false finishes and, and all these schmazes that happened where they were in tag team matches or whatever that built these two characters up to have this one great wrestling match. Same thing with Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. They both got into such great character development that by the time they had a one-on-one match in the ring, it was tremendous. But they had all this story behind it. Um, and still there was a little bit of it like the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart. There was you know, went to the hour draw, so they had to go in overtime, and uh, Kurt Angle and The Undertaker, nobody taps out, you know, and nobody gets pinned, it's still like a, it still keeps true to the art of professional wrestling, but it still uses that entertainment value to do it, um, nowadays, especially with not, you're getting, I don't see a lot of run-ins, I don't see a lot of furthering storylines and stables like you were talking about right, earlier. Yeah. It's like, you know, we see one or two, but it's, you know, I liked the fact that a professional wrestling match, you never knew what was going to happen or when it was going to happen. You used the word predictable a little bit earlier. A lot of it is becoming predictable. And it's not even about the wins or losses anymore because we know the fourth wall has been pulled back. These these people aren't really competing against each other as far as trying to win or lose as far as you get paid more if you win, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's not like uh, these people are entertainment. The fourth wall has been pulled all the way back. We know it's right, a yeah. show. So if it's a show, make it more yeah. entertaining. I think yeah. I
1: mean, and I think that that's just it. Like you know, like right now you've got uh, what's the girl's name? Um, uh, Selena Vega, who oh, essentially yeah. started, she started a stable, right? You've got Andrade, mm-hmm. you've got Humberto Carrillo, and the other guy. Yeah. And it's like, why are they not doing more backstage segments? building something with these guys, some kind of storyline. Yeah. Instead of just having them just come out every week and wrestle. And it's like, oh, right. they're their new stable and they come out and wrestle. They okay. need to be helping
0: but, each other. Right. They need they need to to be... to,
1: yeah, put them in. Give them some conflict. Give them some resolution. Like,
0: put them in, you know, something. This is why Seth Rollins <laughs> needs a flock, too. Same thing. Same give thing. them some right. conflict. Give, give yeah. them some substance. Yeah. Give DX them. had all this backstage, you know, exactly. and they were all making their own substances, you know, the corporation whatever. Uh the oh man, please. Yeah. You know, give them, and, and especially now when you don't have any fans to answer to. I mean, you do, but you know what I'm saying, not in arena. Yeah. to where they can pop one way and change change the you know, the course of history. Um use it, man. Right. You know, fill up that uh, arena and fill up that backstage and do something at the Performance Center where you're going to create some controversy. Controversy creates cash. Yeah. That's what Eric Bischoff said back in that era that you're watching on the network. Right. So what else is standing out to you watching? Um, You said you talked about yeah. Austin and Steve Buckman. Yeah. So I also want to say what stood out to me is, man, they really had a small
1: roster back then. I don't think I realized it. I mean, I'm watching Raw. You, mind you, I'm watching Raw after Raw after Raw, okay. right? Okay, yeah. And you're seeing the same guys, like, no, okay. no change up. Like, you know, and it's like, I don't think I realize like, in my mind watching as a kid, it's like, oh, it's a, it's a lot of people, right? But then it's like, I understand now why the brand split was necessary because mm-hmm. the group of guys that came in in, like, 2003 and moving forward, mm-hmm. creating that large roster, it's like, back then, I mean, you, you had D-Lo Brown versus Xbox. Next next one, D-Lo Brown versus Road Dog. D'Lo Brown and this person versus X-Five and Road right. You know so what I'm the saying? Nation and yeah. DX just mixing it, it up. Right, Nation and DX mixing it up. And it's like you you just had, and it, it, it just, it's just going on, you know. Um, Steve Blackman versus Hardcore Holly. Steve Blackman versus Crash Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Blackman and Al Snow versus Hardcore and Crash Holly. <laughs> you know, I mean, and this was, you know, it was constant. And I mean, I'm watching it, it's like, it's not... It's not that it's not entertaining like yeah. it's still good stuff but you just I just realized
0: that the roster was definitely a bit smaller than what WWE would eventually Yeah, have. I mean they had one or two like farm systems like what they had but they had no performance center, right. you know, and it was all about independent wrestling and then going out and scouting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you're right, you're absolutely right. And but what they did was what they what they had was they used them all to their fullest potential. They gave yeah. them all some creative license and some ability to screw up. Right. Um, you know, and they did. Um, you know, so it wasn't all the greatest stuff, but it was all you could feel it was coming from them. It was real. They were having fun. They were having fun. Man. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: I mean, it was it was good stuff. And, you know, like, seeing Kurt Angle come in. Like, yo, Kurt Angle, I understand why this guy gets so much props. Like, this guy came in like he was a pro in the business. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, yo, this this is a guy that just, he was just a regular Olympian athlete. You understand right. what I'm saying?
0: Like, and, that, and He was one of those that guys take... that could put on clinics. A professional wrestler. Right. He was an athlete. Right. And, and he
1: could come out and cut a promo. And the joint would be it's like you hate him. It's like yo he's a dick, like <laughs> off the bat. And I mean I love like I love watching Angle. I mean, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. He it's like watching it, watch it Angle in these early years, the stuff like right now I'm at the part where he's doing the stuff with Stephanie McMahon and uh, you know he's like we, you know we're just friends. You're questioning my integrity. Like, you know,
0: all of that stuff. It's like, man, it's great stuff, man. Isn't it? I mean, it's and that's what I I hope we can get back to some of that stuff. And that's why the stuff that's getting the most play right now is exactly what you were talking about earlier. Those uh, cinematic stuff, you know, the Money in the Bank and uh, the Firefly Funhouse, and the, yeah. that, because that all kind of starts delving into telling those stories and using that inside sarcastic language and all that kind of stuff. And and those, that's what's entertaining. The most entertaining parts of what yeah. we're watching today, right? So. They need to figure out how to get a healthy marriage of the past and the present so they can make a better future. Right. I
1: think, I, I think so. I think so. I think that... And they started doing this, you know, they, they started releasing the handcuffs a bit, you know, like they started using blood a little bit more. Little bit. They started letting them cuss a little bit more, you know, kind of loosening the handcuffs. I, you know, I don't think they want to go back to full-on attitude era because they want to keep that young audience. But, yeah. um, but obviously, them not having the handcuffs on back in those days
0: allowed them to create better more entertaining content for that era. Yeah. And plus we also yeah. didn't have 38 hours of content every week back then. Yes. We had we had Raw that was 2 or 3 hours and then eventually yeah. we yeah. had SmackDown that was 2 yeah. hours. Yep. And then we had a pay-per-view every month or so, which yeah. that that made sense at that yeah. point in time because we didn't have the network. We didn't have content every single yeah. day. Um so I, and I love that era. That's, that's when, you know, I can remember myself, you know, just hanging out with friends in a friend's basement. We had Raw on one TV. We had Nitro on the other TV. Don't discount WCW. You should watch some of that stuff, too. I might go network. back
1: and watch WCW. I have to figure out what the good year for me to start in because I know WCW started declining with all that
0: NWO crap, you but... Sh- well, that's, that's where you should actually start at the beginning of the NWA. Right. stuff, outsiders, The good stuff. Yeah. yeah, the Outsiders. Right. So that's like 96, Okay, Okay, 96. Check okay. that out. And then that's because the, that's when WCW got hot and started battling WWE. Yeah. And that's when WWE started coming out of the cartoon era, which was the mid-90s, yeah. and getting involved in the attitude. That's right. when their stuff got so yeah. good because they were competing with the other side who was doing this very same stuff using, um, you know, really no handcuffs at all. Right, right. Um, but then, you know, when you get to 99, 2000 and, and it starts getting goofy and there's 28 people in the NWO and then there's NWO red, white, blue, yeah. black, then you can stop watching. Yeah. <laughs> then you can stop. Yeah. You just give it a couple of years there. Um, so... And as we're talking about this subject, um, you know, and we'll we'll jump into the Hall of Fame discussion in a minute. So are are there any big time matches back there that kind of stood out for you? I know we talked about this a little bit last time before we went off. Like any kind of like old school big time matches, like they're replaying WrestleMania three now on Fox. Like we talked about Rock Hogan. I got the poster up there. I mean, whoever thought that was going to happen and how much of an impact that would have. And even the impact on the live crowd. They took the heel and made him face, and the face and made him heel. Yeah, that was one of my favorite matches. Actually, I told you last time before I left here that I went back and watched that
1: actually twice because I, I enjoyed how you know how that how that match just went down. Um, you said any uh, other matches that like really stuck out? I'm trying to think because um, I feel like most of the big matches happened at the pay per views, and okay. I'm, I'm not watching the pay per views. Sure. Um, so it's like nothing from like the Raw or Smackdowns I can really think of because most of them, like I said, are just Smosh finishes anyway. So, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's more of the time period. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, and, and you should you know kind of go back and watch some of the matches. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff in there that that's good. I mean, uh, all three Austin rocks from WrestleMania yeah, 15, Austin 17, rocks like 19. Um, 15 was all about that I mean we're talking about Like interferences And you know Just run-ins And galore There was no There was no clinic of anything In that match And that was in Philadelphia And I was live there for that And I loved it Every second of it It was pop after pop after pop And they told stories Throughout the night Like Mick Foley's going to jail Or something like that and the big shows Coming out from somewhere Paul White uh, And Mr. McMahon himself Got involved Yeah like everything is speaking awesome. of Mick hands yeah. down the best commissioner ever
1: like I am I am at <laughs> the oh, the point you're at the point I'm at a point where Mick is like the commissioner you know and you know the, from just from him purposefully coming out and getting the cheap pops at each city and like pretty much recognizing that he's trying to get a cheap pop from you know him having them like wacky setups at his office in like all these different parts of the arena <laughs> Like I mean it was it was just good stuff. Isn't that man? good stuff? That was just good stuff. The way he would like, you know, uh go back and forth for like Edge and
0: Christian and stuff. It's oh man. And they were great during that
1: era too. Like that was good stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I I am gonna go back and watch the network now too, because I need to get you know, reinvented to all this kind of stuff. It's Yeah, man. So that good. that was
1: just great stuff, man. Um
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and then there's, there's matches that stick with everybody like Hogan and Andre, WrestleMania 3, Hogan, Slam, and Andre. You know, there's moments like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that just stick with you right. forever. Um, Hogan versus Warrior. I got another poster up on the wall. Uh, you know, and those two, you know, face versus face for the first time, main event, WrestleMania, who knows what's going to happen. No wrestling clinic by any chance. Right. But they, they both did what they do very well. Right. And told a fantastic story. And uh, Warrior coming out on top, you know, changing of the guard. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of people in a lot of these discussions way back then in the 80s into the 90s and to now that should be in a Hall of Fame discussion. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Because the Hall of Fame is about taking something uh, and, and kind of Snapshotting a moment in professional wrestling and saying, "I can remember this. This made an impact. This made right. a this made a difference." Um, and I know you uh, came in some with some notes. Yeah, man. And you so made I made a in, list. I
1: made a little list, and we're just going to run through some people. It don't have to
0: be long. And That's just, all right.
1: And you can just tell me, you know, what do you think? Should they be in or should they not be? And in? we're
0: talking about the WWE Hall of Fame. WWE right? Hall of Fame. Okay. Because there's right. okay. Go ahead. You ready? Let's all do right. It. So first person.
1: This guy. By now, and I'm watching 2000. He's no longer there. He's there in '98. Ken
0: Shamrock. Hall of Fame. No. Okay. I think he should be in, if there is an MMA Hall of Fame, yeah. um, if there is you know, a professional I think athletes, there's a UFC Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, I th- or even MMA, because he, he was more than UFC, because he was in UFC, and he was a, a great thing, but yeah. he came over from that world into the WWE, and he was one of the people that introduced that form of what we now see as Shayna Baszler, Brock Lesnar... Um, You know, and in that thing, but as far as him being in the WWE Hall of Fame, I don't think he made quite enough impact personally, and uh, he did do some fun stuff in the Attitude Era when they were starting to let him, with Blackman and all these other people, but um, I, I think not WWE Hall of Fame, no. Okay. And so, mind you, let me just say this that the people that I
1: have on this list are the ones that may not be the most obvious. Like, there are a lot of people that aren't in the Hall of Fame right now, but I try to keep off the people that we know are eventually going to go in. Sure. You know what I'm saying?
0: And that's great. No, you know, and this is what yeah. we should talk about. And we want to get your invites on this. You know, comment on the Facebook page. You know, let us know. Shoot us you know, and talk about those Mid Carters who or should or should not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's great. And I'm sure CM Funk and Jam and Jason have something yeah. to say about it, too. All right, so Ken Rock,
1: Okay, cool. No Hall of Fame. All okay. right, next guy, Al Snow. Yes. Alex Nother being the whole
0: thing? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff that he has done, not only on TV creatively, and he built his own way coming up through ECW with the head thing mm-hmm. and all that, but it's it's more of um, when he came in, he played so many different characters and so many different roles. He was also um, a producer, a trainer, a writer. He, he did a lot of backstage stuff. Um, and he helped a lot of talent come along in that era to be as creative as they could be. Yeah, I do believe he should be okay. in the Hall of Fame, and yeah. I think Mick Foley should induct him because yeah. that's that would be yeah, that'd be that be, uh, be awesome. Yeah. Hey
1: man, when he uh when when uh, it was the it was the, yeah, Al Snow's had some good segments, man. That, yeah, I should say he went there because when Mick was like, I'm gonna give you a title shot, and he's like, I will get to fight the Rock, and Mick just spits all the soda. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> hey, that's shit's... <just, laughs> And, uh, man, it was a good segment that I just watched with him and Blackman where he's breaking it up and he's, like, reading Blackman, like, almost like this, like, farewell letter. But, like, all of these people come out to start attacking Blackman because he's as the, he's a hardcore champion. Yep. So, like, Blackman's in a bag just, like, whooping everybody's tail and he's just sitting there reading this thing. <laughs> Man, epic stuff, man. All right. And, and
0: the hardcore championship <laughs> and what the 24 7 is now, I want to see more of that 24 7 stuff because that, when they were doing that with the well, R Truth, that was great stuff. Yeah. And they need to bring that back because I, I would love to say, And they're yeah. doing it a little bit you here and there. Give it off of Gronk. I think, what, Gronk still has a title? Yeah. Like, and, and, and going back to play football, like,
1: man, have somebody pin him and take it. It's got to be R
0: Truth because he needs to be the 27 time right. champion. Yeah. But, okay. Yes. Al Snow goes in. All right. Al Snow's in. All right. Next up, Taz. Mm, I like what you're doing to me man you're getting me thinking um I don't think WWE Hall of Fame just because of really okay I, I just say because and maybe eventually they they you know there's bridges that have been burned at some point in time with him mm-hmm. but I know that he he was enough as far as independent professional wrestling Hall of Fame yes absolutely if there is one of those he needs to go in but he was revolutionary in the fact that he is a short guy. Short, stout, stubby, but he had a personality that was ridiculous, and he transferred it over to the uh, commentary. But doesn't um, doesn't ECW
1: like isn't they under the aren't they under kind of like the WWE umbrella? So it's like wouldn't his time
0: at ECW and WWE count? I don't know if it's because when ECW was acquired by WWE, it was such a different form of ECW. It was the WWE version of it. Um, I like Taz. Do not get me wrong, and I think Taz unplugged. When he doesn't have any handcuffs on him, but that was the thing. When in WWE, he had so as time went along, he had a lot of. Th- and plus, they took his character that was dominating and everything, and tried to translate it into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Just didn't work. He had to be more of an enforcer. He had to be more of a, a mid carder. Um, so as far as WWE Hall of Fame, I don't think he had enough impact, but. I do believe he is a trailblazer in the business. All right, MMA stuff too. Okay, so this is a tag team APA, acolytes. Yes, they need to go in. Well, first of all, Ron Simmons went on on his own. Ron,
1: right, and, I, and and see, this is and I didn't put Bradshaw's going to go in.
0: Oh, he was supposed to go in this year. Right, so Bradshaw's yeah. going in. But they, do these guys need to go in together as yep, a tag team? I do believe so. Okay, because they revolutionized on-screen entertainment value. Like you're talking about And both guys I do not skip an APA segment You shouldn't at all Nobody ever should Nobody fast forwards Through that segment At all Um, And and they're so creative So clever And they're so fun And it's just both of them Being themselves But those two Individually Have had so much impact On the business Ron Simmons On the African American community uh, And in the professional wrestling And coming over And being an agent And a performer And a wrestler Um, Forget about that whole thing Farouk Assad That he did When he wore the blue helmet Fuck that Pardon my language That's terrible But uh, And JBL He was Justin Hawk Bradshaw And he had this But you know They all came into their own They were able to make Something out of nothing And they both Had so much impact on the business now together APA, uh, just like DX um, and NWO, very entertaining, very cutting edge. Absolutely, they need to go in together. Gotcha, hundred percent. All right, Next. and I need an APA T-shirt. I used ne- to have one. Next up, Val Venus. Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned him earlier too. Yeah, we talked about you him earlier. Set yeah. me up one. Yeah, day, Val though. Venus. Is he is he Hall of Fame worthy? No. All right. No. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. No. I no. love, I, I think he's very talented, very creative. Yeah. Uh, I think his character at the Attitude Era was like the height of the Attitude Era. Uh, pushing every. all You know, all you see mature sexuality, nudity. He pushed all that. Yeah. Um, even to the point where Kai and Tayo chopped off his pee pee. Uh, you know, there's a segment you'll have to watch that. Yeah. Um, I'll watch it, yeah. Good. So, no. I don't think it's enough, but I would love to see him come back as cameo. I think he's one of those characters that'll live forever. Yeah, just not Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. I think that you know
1: um, when I'm watching this, I haven't watched it through. I mean, I think I think uh, Val got introduced in about like maybe maybe late '98 or so. Yeah. By the time I'm into the mid 2000s, he's not even the same Val Venus anymore. Nope. So his character last. mostly lasted like a year and a half before they kind of took the legs up out of him. But that's
0: what you remember, though, and, about Val. Vance.
1: Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's right. But you remember his start. And I think, you know what I think hurt Val? The transition from Vince Russo to uh, uh, Brian Gerwitz. Yeah. And I'm not saying Brian Gerwitz it was a bad writer because no. he did a lot of good stuff. He did. But I think that Val came in under Vince Russo and Vince Russo liked that character and really put a lot of attention into it. And I don't think that Brian maybe had that same kind of mindset no. for Val. He didn't. And I think that it...
0: Yeah. I think that was one of the most creative characters for that time and place. Um, because it pushed so many limits. And that's another segment that you don't skip. It's yeah, like no, you can't, you can't skip like to, yeah. but they didn't make enough he didn't make enough of an impact to be right. a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm with it. But right. that, oh, man, I love this discussion. Right. You gotta come up with more. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> as All you're right. watching, do this here again. Do this here, every
1: time. Here we go. Eric Bischoff.
0: Yes. I, I'm not even going to stop. This is something <laughs> I was talking about, Controversy Creates Cash. Yeah. I don't know if he would ever go in. I think they've cleaned up the ties with him, yeah. and he's come back and been uh, you yeah, know, a know, Came com- back, got fired again. Yeah, He did. Just recently. But, I mean, it's not that he got fired. I mean, he did something stupid. Everybody does something stupid every day. It's not like he was legitimately trying to defraud the company. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wait. I, what, what I'm talking did about you just... No, I'm talking about just recently when they brought him back to like head up SmackDown. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's why he was fired, because he leaked information. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know he was fired the second time. No, I just
1: thought they fired him recently because maybe he didn't have any good ideas. No, that wasn't it.
0: Oh. He had too many good ideas and they got out. (laughs) So, oh. so he it was basically telling the wrong people the wrong stuff at the wrong time, and some of his information leaked out before storylines or things ever took place. Gotcha. This is what I was underst- understanding from my ba- you know backstage talking about yeah. independent wrestling, and it's just like you know what they had to cover their ass. It's like they can't reward him for doing that. Yeah. Uh, and it was basically through WWE.com. It was something like posted on the website. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why he was let go this time. Okay. But I like I said, he wasn't doing anything to legitimately. Legit- to fraud the business, but the fact that he came up through this business and took on Vince McMahon and won for 86, 80, how we, 83, 83 weeks, weeks. Yeah. thank you. I not know that. Um. And the fact that after that, he actually came in and worked with and for Vince McMahon, and they had a big part of the business right there, and then he keeps coming back and keeps his... He is a TV producer. He is a personality. He is an entertainer, and that's why it took me less than one second to say yes, and I think he should be inducted by Vince and or Paul Heyman or both. I agree. All right, next up, Christian. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, He might have been a more
1: obvious one. Maybe I should have left him on. He's, an obvious, yeah, he's one. an obvious one. It,
0: it's a matter of timing with him when yeah. they need to fill up the mid-card or the, uh, the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's going to go in as a first yeah. ballot. But yeah. he did the same thing that Edge did, just not on the biggest level. Yeah, and you know what's crazy when I'm going back and watching
1: this? You know, Edge obviously became the breakout star. But, you know, I'm like, man, Christian was very good with Edge. I mean, he had a lot of mic time. He was great on a mic. I'm just shocked that his career never got to that level. I, you know, and I don't know if that was more of him or
0: creative, but, yeah. I think it's more of, if in a tag team, if you're going to break them up, you got to push somebody to the moon. Right. And somebody else has to Like by Otis, the way. So Otis and Tucky. Right. Otis and Tucky, Shawn right. Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Yep. But I will tell you that Christian... Edge would not be who he is today and wouldn't have the comeback or anything to he, without Christian. I so yep. Edge wouldn't be anything yeah. as as big as he is. Yeah. He would still be something, but Christian's a part Speaking of that. Speaking
1: of, man, you know what I love going back that you don't skip? Go ahead. When they were the freaking brood and that entrance. Amen. I didn't care
0: about a match, but I wanted to see that entrance every time. That And that goes back to the impact these people are making to everything that Christian did, no matter on what level with whom. Yeah. I remember it. Like it was entertaining. It did something. Yeah. Uh, even when he was ECW champion. So. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. King Mabel Viscera. Hmm. Now you got me. Twelve. Okay. Okay. Oh damn. Why well, am well, I 50- no, no longer with us? I'm 55 I know. Yeah. I mean, it would be a posthumous <coughs> thing. I mean, I'm. Fi- I'm maybe into the legends wing of the hall of fame you know the one that like every year they say these are people that are no longer with us but you know maybe didn't get their just due and they they don't put them on the actual hall of fame card but Mm -hmm. they do the black and white pictures and announce like five ten fifteen people sure that's where i think he goes okay so let me
1: let me ask you this and i'm and i'm just playing devil's advocate so
0: viscera or
1: king mabel what, I mean, here's a huge big guy. You don't feel like he made enough impact in the mid-90s as King Mabel. Big guy going up against people like The Undertaker. Has a resurge in his career being in the ministry as Viscera and, and
0: fighting. You don't feel like he was a stable for big guys. I, I love that he's 500 pounds. He could move. He could entertain. I love that he could change up his character. Um, just not enough impact. I just don't think. Sorry. And I, he was a king of the ring. He was fighting, yeah. you know. But here's that mid '90s thing we were talking about earlier, where the comic book cartoon era. I think he came up in the wrong era, and if he would have come up in a different era and been able to shine a little bit more on his own, yeah. I think he would have made more impact. But when by the time we got to the Attitude Era, he was fizzled out. You know, yeah. he was he was kind of that, that mid cartoon. But I, I do like everything that he did. Men on a mission all the way through the, the Viscera. Yeah. All right. Next up, Owen Hart. Yep. And I, I thinking about this. I think about this for years, ever since the accident happened. And and check out the dark side of the ring, by the way, on Vice, because they're going to have one on Owen Hart next week. Um, he was that guy who never got a chance. You with Brett, he got a chance to fight for the title and and things like that. But he never got a chance to shine a hundred percent. But he never wanted to. He was that guy that was perfectly content in the role that he was supposed to play. If he needed to have a good wrestling match, he could. If he needed to do some gaga, he did. If Whatever, and he was always there. And he was always keeping the guys backstage entertained as well. Um, He's a good worker, good at work ethic, good family man. And I do believe, not even withstanding what happened to Owen Hart, even if he was still here today, still doing what he's doing, I absolutely feel like he should be in the Hall of Fame, WWE. Um, he took everything they gave him and busted his ass, and that's the work ethic that I think the other guy should look up to.
1: Right, and I think that, you
0: know, towards the
1: end, uh, you know, they kind of, it seemed like didn't really know what to do with him. Kind of the same thing with the British Bulldog, Yeah. Do, um, you know, because you could see they, like, put him with the nation, and it just kind of didn't make sense. But anyway. That was fun, though. I remember it fun. him doing that. Yeah, it was fun, but it, yeah.
0: but Because what, what's a, what is a pasty-faced white guy doing in a nation of domination? Right, yeah. That's, but it's like, it's like...
1: You could tell his shine. And it was that mid '90s era, like Owen. That was that was his time
0: period. Like, and I was saying, he started in the in the '80s, and he came up through the '90s, and he went through that cartoon era, but he never stopped. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Viscera kind of went up down. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Owen Hart. No, no matter what he was doing, even if he was tag team with Coco Beware or what, it never stopped.
1: Right. Yeah. So I agree. Yep. All right here's now here's this not a character but do you think there needs to be more japanese wrestlers getting into the hall of fame you know we talked about people like Tajiri, funaki uh what was the other guy in kai and tai um taka mishinoku um you know we've seen a lot of japanese wrestlers come through and when i did the research i think only two japanese wrestlers are in the wwe hall of fame great muda did go in i believe Think. Maybe right. I'm I can't remember he, who they were. It's not he did, many he at all. Okay. Do you think that these guys had a big enough impact that they should be inducted? Like, if you, if you t- let's take a group like uh, Ty and Kai. You know,
0: I, I don't know about the whole group of Kai and Ty, but I do believe that uh, Funaki. Yeah. Um, because of his. Stretch and everything that he has done in, and as a performer, as oh, yeah. cruiser, a cruiser, wrestler, as a commentator, yeah. as an enter- as an entertainer, um, as a backstage producer. Yeah, I, I think I think Funaki absolutely Funaki. should go in. There. All right, cool. Um, the other guys, as far as you mentioned, Japanese, uh, they there's such a nice combination of. Mixing all over the world now with all these people coming from all these different places. But I do believe that there's some people, at, I, I think he might be in or not. Antonio Inoki, like he was one of the guys that made Japanese wrestling what it was for like 30 years. And then when he came over to the States, he was like Andre the Giant over here. Right. Um, you know, things like that. And I believe that people like that, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, he, yeah, Shinsuke might go in. I mean, Depending it, on how long his run I, is. I feel like that's kind of the. The, the path that these people are on, like, great mood and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. Cool. All right, here we go. Billy Gunn. Last
1: time we talked about X-Pac, and you were like, X-Pac definitely should go in by himself. Billy Gunn going in by himself. Really? I did not expect this. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now we got to have a conversation. <laughs> we gotta have a conversation. I'm shaking
0: my head no for those listeners who can't see me. Yeah, all right. I'm sorry, Billy,
1: Billy I do love you. Billy, all right, let me all right, so let, let me recap the history of Billy Gunn before you give this no. <laughs> this we is where controversy right, creates. We got, right. So we have the smoking guns. Mm-hmm. You've got Billy Gunn back in the nineties with Bart Gunn. Then you've got DX Billy Gunn, miss then you got pretty much Billy Gunn singles, Mr. S. Mr. S. Then you've got Billy and Chuck. Love it.
0: One of my favorite gimmicks of all time. I mean, you're telling me Billy Gunn doesn't deserve to go in. And he became a uh, trainer in NXT and a backstage producer and all that. I like that he went in with DX. I like that he went in with a group of people. Like, if he was going in with producers of WWE or greatest gimmicks of WWE, like that group. But him by himself, I love you, Billy. But And this might be a personal thing. All right, so I worked... At ACW, you know. Oh, by the way, uh, James Ellsworth's putting out some good podcasts. Check it out. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, I I, li- I worked with him and I got to talk to him backstage and he was he's a decent enough guy, um, but when he gets in work mode, he gets blinders on, and I was actually outside of the ring and I was doing commentary for a video that was being shot and. He was like, he was ribbing me the whole time. Not that he, I love ribbing and everything, but he was like, oh man, don't do that. That's so gay. You know, just don't talk. like, we're doing a video for ACW here. like, but it's like, I have a feeling that as far as a performer goes, Billy Gunn is all about Billy Gunn. You know what I mean? When he's in groups, he flourishes in the group. Like he makes the group better. When he's by himself, or something, something to be desired. So, yeah, I don't. I, if he ever went in on his own, I'm not gonna fight it. I might talk about it on the podcast a little bit because I want to see WWE's reasoning behind putting him in the Hall of Fame by himself. But just same thing as a road dog. I think the road dog has made some great strides backstage as a producer. As I didn't him no on here, but that's a. But that's yeah, another one. Yeah. It's in the same pack. Like now, now if the now if the um. What were they called? The New Age Outlaws. As a tag team, going together, yes. Please put them in as a tag team, and then Billy Gunn will be a two-time <laughs> Hall of Famer, and then Road Dog will be a two-time Hall of Famer. But I don't think either one of them, same reasons, shouldn't go in on that. I think both of them individually were focused on the task at hand, but they flourished in groups.
1: Okay, I did. No offense
0: to either one. Gotcha. Yeah, Bob Holly. Yep. Hardcore Holly. Yep. Yes. Um, he is a workhorse man, and I've gotten to work with him too. Um, and he is... I mean, we're talking about Burnt Bridges. I don't think him and WWE have the greatest relationship. I don't think they do now. But I think WWE has Burnt Bridges before and they Absolutely. brought people back. Sure. You know, it's all, it's all about nostalgia and, you know, all about yeah. making that money. But I do believe Bob Holly brought something into the business. He is a legitimate tough guy. You know what I'm saying? And then he came in and they gave him Thurman sparky plug. They gave him the worst gimmick character ever. And he said... No, basically, yeah. and he turned it into hardcore. You know, Bob Holly. Then he turned it into hardcore Holly, and then hardcore Holly spanned off into Crash Holly, and then they and it spanned off into the hardcore title. Yeah, um, super heavyweight. Right, allegedly, well over <laughs> allegedly, that's great stuff. <laughs> and that's another thing you can't fast forward through. You gotta watch it. You gotta listen to the promos. And Bob Holly, no matter what handcuffs he ever had put on mm-hmm. him, any time in his career, was real yeah. as
1: f. And, I mean, the stuff with him and Crash was good. I remember they were having a fight backstage and, like,
0: dashing each other. They're beating each other. I'm just like, you okay? Yeah. (laughs) And then
1: they just start throwing more. So, I mean, it's good stuff. That was
0: good stuff. I think, and and I think the impact he's had on the business is something that's had impact on the way business is done. And the way physical business is done. Because he never pulled back in the ring. He was stiff as hell. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, But he was... He was careful. He didn't hurt people to hurt people. He hurt people in enough sense to where he'll chop the shit out of you and you'll feel it and you'll have some marks, but he ain't going to, like, break your chest. Right. So, that's why I think he should go in.
1: All right. Moving on. D'Lo Brown. We were just talking about The Nation earlier. Has The Nation gone in as a group... I don't think The Nation has gone in as a group, no. They or, should. And
0: look, I have it on here, actually, and this is my fault. I said, I had it on here, Devo Brown or The Nation. Let me start with The Nation and go backwards. Okay. Yes, The Nation of Domination should go in. Okay. That's, I uh, agree. That is t- tackling a subject that is... As like uh, voodoo, like you shouldn't touch it. Like yeah. you shouldn't touch the yeah. act of race, and especially with all the the black power stuff and yeah. like teasing it and but never saying it. Right, um, right. They did, and, and and anybody in that group, DLo, Farouk, and oh, uh, and, and anybody. And, and
1: DX versus the Nation was good stuff. Wow, that I was mean, good stuff. You
0: can't, yeah. and that's and that's where you were talking about all these different 1-on-1, 2-on-1, 2-on-2 and you could mix it up for months Watch. and have something yeah. different every time. Yeah. So, the nation yes. And so d probably kind of falls
1: in that. He shouldn't go D-Lo's in, so low. in the, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree. I think with that. he's
0: in my Billy Gunn and
1: Road Dog category. I, I agree with that. I can get with that. Steve Blackman. No. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we can just leave that as a no. He just, <laughs> he, he was okay for Made a time. good impact. Yeah. I
0: would love to see him come back. All right. uh, but not Hall of Fame. Here's a newer guy relatively. MVP. Yes. Especially after. Really? Okay. I was not expecting it. Okay. And especially after his resurgence now, because he, I mean, he really had some bad ties with the business of professional wrestling, like bad. But when he came out to be this ball in player, like, what what did he play? He played professional wrestler. Right. Like, he didn't play basketball, he didn't play football, but he acted like he did. Right. And then when he came out as MVP. Um, he transcended characters in the business and it made it so big and overblown that, and he had good fundamentals in the ring too, but he could go on a winning streak and you'd believe it. He could go on a losing streak, which he did, and you could believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's the other one? Kurt Hawkins just went on a losing streak of 200 or whatever before he was cut. He shouldn't go in the Hall of Fame, but MVP can. Now he's coming back as an ambassador, as a producer, backstage trainer. He's got the mind to push the next part of the business, so I think he should. Okay. Yep. All and right. I think he should get the big inflatable entrance when he comes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I like it. All right. So we're down to the last two.
1: So Matt and Jeff Hardy, I think, are both Hall of Famers. Do they go in separate or are they going as a Hardy Boys?
0: Definitely is the Hardy Boys. Okay. Wow. If you would have asked me this question when they first came back to WrestleMania as a tag team, mm-hmm. I would have said just as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Over the past 10 years, as they flourished out on their own, I can make a case for both of them going in individually as well. Yeah. More so Jeff than Matt, but I, I because... Jeff has had so much trouble, but he's overcome it every single time, but he keeps yeah. getting in trouble. Right. Matt, as the, as the creative mind and the backbone, again, you don't have Matt or Jeff Hardy individually without having the Hardy Boys brood all that stuff starting up. Um, but they have gone off and, and done their own individual thing. But I do believe I, I can make a case for both of them going in individually, but definitely together. Yeah,
1: I definitely think that both of them – I think both of them deserve that Booker T Harlem heat treatment of getting two time rings. I think that they obviously they're a hall of fame tag team, but I do think that both of them have had enough singles impact on the business that they could both go in separate. Um, but Yeah. I mean, because I I look at Matt, and I know Matt's probably biggest impact on wrestling is more of what he's did more recently with, like, the... um, Broken gimmick. Broken gimmick. Yeah. But I'm like, I feel like that should be taken into account. I understand that that broken gimmick started in TNA, but when I think about certain people that's gone in, like, we think of, like, Carlos Colon, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, he went in not just because of the stuff he... Did with WWE, but just because of the impact he had on wrestling as a whole, yeah. And WWE itself, the WWE Hall of Fame essentially like represents wrestling Hall of Fame. You know I what think I'm saying? So. A- it's just the one that's out in the public Co- eye. Co- correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a lot. Of, there, there are other wrestling Hall of Fames, but WWE's yeah. is like if you had the biggest impact on wrestling, you you're going to hit. And I feel like Matt Hardy
0: has had a big enough impact mm-hmm. on the business as a whole. And I agree, and that's why I think I can make a case for Matt Hardy going on his own. If you would have asked me this when they both came back to WWE this time, I would have I said yes to the Hardy boys and started making a case for both. Yep. I would have said Jeff probably yes. If you would have asked me a long time ago before Matt Hardy was able to branch out on his own, Jeff wouldn't be what, what he is without Matt and vice versa. Right, right. Um, Matt wouldn't get the attention that he getting without being with Jeff for so long yeah so I do think now uh, I know we got, I know we're wrapping it up we're taking yeah. it home. that's the last one That's the last one but here's well, here's, I got one I go yo, you got one more one more and then we're done go ahead Dean Malenko God damn it you <laughs> had to stomp me on the last one Dean
1: Malenko he's the last one,
0: on the last uh, one. I'm, I'm leaning towards yes. Personality-wise, terrible. Horrible. Uh, can't cut a promo, save his life. But I think that's what made him funny. <laughs> All right, but as a professional wrestler, fundamentals, 100%. Um, anything that he was put into, he could adapt to. And he also became an agent and a booker and also creative. Um, so he, even though he can't do it himself, those who can't do teach. Yeah. So he found his niche and... Now, I'm not saying he can't do it. He is one of the greatest. I would watch a Dean Malenko match, but it's dry. It's very dry. Um, so I think I think he can go in. I think there's a case for him to go in with the, the body of work he has given to the business and everything behind stage now. Okay. Um, so what do you think about people? like Right now, we have, we have the Fink who's in there. One announcer, I think. I don't think we have any other announcers. I don't think we have any referees at this point. Um, Lillian
1: Garcia should be in there.
0: Lily that's another I, thing. I think um, she be in Lillian Garcia deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Heck yeah. Um I do believe excuse me. Uh, I do believe somebody like Tim White, who used to be a uh, referee for WWE. He was a shorter stockier guy, I mean, always yeah, worked with yeah, the main eventers. Yeah. And he used to be Andre the Giants handler. Like he would be his yeah. driving Andre around and stuff like I think he deserves Mike to go K- needs to be in there. Uh, see, now you're stumping me again. Come, hold on now. Kyoto was with the company for 29 years. I love Mike Kyoto, And he is probably the best referee. I <sighs> mean, Kyoto's
1: refereeing all of these matches that I'm watching right now. Like these, these, Which he these, should these be. These main events. He's
0: He was the wrestler. He should I, mean, be. I said the wrestler. He was the ref. <laughs>
1: he was a ref.
0: Skinny Mike Kyoto. <laughs> right. Yeah, because he got the gut now. Yeah. All right. I think if Tim White goes in as the first referee that goes into the Hall of Fame, I don't even. I'll, I'll get into Earl Hebner in a minute. But no, see, a no brainer, wait, wait, hold on. You're going to say, Hold, hold the. We got we to. this next podcast. It. No way. We this got... is how we stop it. This is this is going to be this is going to be the the ticker to get into the next podcast, and people are going to hate me so. I love Earl Hebner. I love Mike Kyoto. But, you know, look at people like Danny Davis, who was a referee character, but not, not really a referee, but he became a wrestler, but he transcended again. Like Danny Davis is not – I don't believe he's in the Hall of Fame yet either. Um, but here's here's what I say. If Tim White goes in first as a referee – because of everything else he's done in the business. Earl Hebner was a referee, but just a referee. Now, yes, he stole stuff out of the trunk of his car, but that's not for the business. That was for him. Mike Chioda. It, you know what? All right, here we go. This is how I say it. Tim, Mike Chioda and, uh, and... um, Damn it. Earl Hebner are on the second wave of referees that should go into the Hall of Fame. Like, if they put a group of referees in, I'm back to the group thing. They should be in a in group. But here's something. Tim White... Charles Robinson. Okay. Okay. So, because he's not only one of the greatest referees of all time, but he, you know, helps, you know, put up the ring. He's he's backstage helping out. He's a he's a mentor. I don't know about Earl and, and uh, you know, Mike Keota. I love them both, though.
1: Dude, but, Earl, I mean, we're talking about Earl. This is Montreal screw job. Earl used to be involved
0: with the set, like, screwing over Triple H. I mean, Earl. I, I, if I, Earl goes in. His brother, Dave, if they go in together as the Hebners, As a tag team. As not referee. as a tag team, but as, as a duo of referees, like as a unit, because they both had so much impact together on the business, especially with the Andre the Giant screw job and all that. Like I and But I, I, I could make a case for Earl and Keo to go in on their own. I just don't think they're big about putting referees in the Hall of Fame, which I think they should. I really think they should.
1: I mean, without doubt. I don't, because that's an
0: important part of the match. I was a referee for six years. I yeah. know. So. And, and Charles Robinson is a no-brainer for me. So is Tim White. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But if they, it's like, I, I can see, I can make a case for all of them. But I want to see Tim White go in first as the first referee to go into the Hall of yeah. Fame. Lillian think, and, Garcia. I,
1: I think, yeah, I think they should start showing some love to some people outside of just the wrestlers. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, announcers make a big impact. And as you said, referees make a big impact. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah I I mean Teddy Long went in wasn't he a ref? he was a ref he was a ref yeah exactly he was a ref I mean of course he became an on screen
0: personality but Uh, he did he did (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was Good. doing the holla. All right. We got some controversy to end. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. We're going to take it home. But uh, I tell you what. We want to hear your thoughts. You know, who should go on the Hall of Fame? Who shouldn't? If you agree with Big Ugly or myself or if you disagree, if you have other names on the list, throw them on the Facebook page. Let's see it. Let's talk about it because uh, we definitely want to see uh, what's going on. And, and, you know, who should go into the Hall of Fame? is It should be announcers, referees, uh, producers, um, you know Vince McMahon himself. Will he ever put himself into his own Hall of Fame? No, he's gonna have to die if he ever dies for somebody to put him in. Um, so uh, this is a cool category, and this digs back into going back and watching the network because you want to enjoy whether it's your downtime or not. Go you know go watch. I, the I network. hope
1: that doesn't happen, and I, I think you're right that Vince probably wouldn't do it, but I think the Mr. McMahon character <laughs> like needs to go into the Hall
0: of Fame. You know what I'm saying? See, like, there's the separation. See, that's I like that. I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, it's Vince like Vince McMahon. You no, know. nah, Vince McMahon don't need to, but like
1: Mr. McMahon, because like, and that's how it is with everybody, right? If you induct Steve Austin, you're you're inducting the Stone Cold Steve Austin that right, character, which is what they did. Yeah. They didn't induct Steve, Steve Williams. They right, inducted the Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Steve. Steve Austin. Right. So I think you need to induct Mr. McMahon, one of, probably one of the biggest heels ever in the business. Yep. I think that I mean it would be great to get Vince out there and tap into that you know one last time. You know, oh, damn it. This is some good shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Before he gets and, too and Austin, old to do it. Austin needs to induct. Austin him, needs to induct him. Yep. I, and I can make a case for the whole McMahon family as far as their characters go. I mean, they, you know what I'm saying? The, the, that first oh, family for that, that time period yeah. that you're watching. That whole family was that whole fa- heel yeah. face fighting each Shane, other.
1: Yeah, Shane, Stephanie, both damn, yeah. all
0: four of them. Linda, yeah. everybody. Yep. Now and, and you know, on their own personal merits, yeah. they can go into the Hall of Fame right. themselves. I, I, but I think I know. Like I know, I know it. it seems self-indulgent, probably, for them to do
1: that. But I think it's deserving because those characters made that era. Yeah. You know, without them putting put themselves though, into it, right? Yeah.
0: Stephanie with, with the Kurt Angle thing, yeah. Linda with the Linda with the whole Trish Stratus thing. I don't know if you watched all that. I don't but think so. No. You should need to check that out because Linda was like drugged up for months and getting pushed around in a wheelchair, and then she got pushed around in a wheelchair at WrestleMania, and she got thrown into the ring because it was Vince and Shane against yeah. each other. And then all of a sudden, uh, Linda stood up and got the biggest pop ever. That Linda just stood up after a four month coma yeah. and kicked Vince in the balls. And please watch that. There's another match that transcends time Shane and Vince. All right, we've been going on. We appreciate you hanging with us. So, this was episode 82. Big ugly, I feel good about it.
1: I feel good, this man. Was hey, fun, you know man. what?
0: Speaking of we talking about a bunch of old school stuff and I ain't gonna keep us long. Alright, NXT
1: is doing in your house. They're bring in your house yes. back to NXT, so that's pretty cool. And that's and Johnny Gargano already
0: called the Shawn Michaels spot on the top of the roof where he jumps on the chain. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. And that was DX Together announcing that too. It was pretty cool from the backstage segment. And uh I love In Your House. I thought it was a great uh, thing, and then in your house kind of turned into the, the every month pay per view. Yeah. But when they started doing it and they had the houses and they were giving away a house and they had the house of the set. Yeah. I hope they go old school with this. I hope do. so. Oh, you know they're going to. Please yeah. do. Yeah, you know they're going to. Um, and like, go back and watch In Your House. I have a DVD of all the best In Your House matches. Oh, that's and, uh, right there. That's yeah. what's up. And that's the same era. The same thing. So, Please, in your house. That's, I actually saved that picture. I'm going to put that on the podcast. Uh, so thank you, Jesse O'Ryan, for joining us. Uh, thank you to uh, CM Funk and and Jason who couldn't be with us. Thank you to Matt Temby and uh, Miss Ste- Stephanie Brooks. That's her name. Stephanie Brooks? Samantha. Samantha. I'm sorry. I, I knew was start with an S. I'm sorry, Sam. I apologize. Um, thank you to all you guys, and thank you to uh, Michael Spedden. Thank you to everybody who is uh, listening, supporting, and as we're going to come back with Episode 83 next time, have some more guests. Maybe we'll be Phase 1 into phase two and uh, maybe we'll be able to do a little something, go a little live, maybe do a little zoom on our way to 100, Big Ugly. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So uh, thank you very much, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. Straight
2: out of Compton.